1: Vault dwellers, it is time again for our end of the month patron episode, and this month we are discussing all sorts of creepy creatures in the wasteland. Uh, some of our favorite creatures to have encountered in the Fallout games, and we've got a full cast of characters again this month, and it is such a fun discussion. So, uh, before we get into that, though, I need to thank all of our new patrons and read out some of our new reviews that we got over this last month, and so. Thank you to Stephen WB and Speedrun and James M for being our new patrons this month. I really do appreciate the support. And there were some upgrades. We had uh, an upgrade from uh, Master Dueler, who you will hear on this episode. He upgraded from a Tier 2 to a Tier 4 patron. And... As always, I I really appreciate all the support. I I can't believe how much, uh, how far, I guess you could say that this podcast has come in the last year. Um, If you've noticed, I've updated the uh, logo a little bit. I've got like a year two thing. The glow on the Pip-Boy screen in the background is increasing and now the logo is kind of in shadow and silhouette. So I thought that was kind of a fun idea. Um, And it's going to be something that I do every year as we as we update in order to let people know that this show is still going and we're continuing to grow and change with time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just having a good time doing it and I don't see a reason to stop. And with your support, that just lets me. (laughs) helps me understand that you guys are happy with what I'm doing, and and so I'm going to keep going. Um, Also, other news before we get to reading through the reviews and the actual uh, interviews with the patrons. Um, It is currently Monday morning. We just recorded this episode last night. It was a Sunday night, uh, last Sunday of the month. If you happen to want to become a tier four patron, that's usually when we record these episodes at the end of the month. And um, that means that this is going to come out probably tomorrow uh, for most people. Uh, if Patrons, it comes out early, of course. But I'm going to stop yammering here and get to the point. The end of this week, in just a few days, in fact, on Thursday, I am flying out to Boston to PAX East because Bethesda Game Days is happening alongside PAX East, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, so I just want to make sure if you missed it that you guys know that I will be up there at Bethesda Game Days in order to perform with the cast of Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, because they invited that show to perform at Bethesda Game Days. It'll be on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. They'll be streaming it. It's like a 50-minute show. I get to play a character on the on the show, so you'll see me. I'll have my robot's hat, so you'll know which one I am. And it's going to be so much fun. We're going to get to talk with some of the devs and some of the people who work at Bethesda who are behind the scenes working on stuff and get to just be part of the whole big thing. We're also going to get to demo like 20 minutes of Wastelanders, and I will be doing... A, a Ask Me Anything an AMA on the Fallout 76 Discord channel, and I'm what I'm thinking is I will actually uh, do something similar on our Discord uh, after I get back. So the the one that's scheduled right now is scheduled for Tuesday evening. What I think I will do is I will devote some time on Tuesday during the day to an Ask Me Anything on the Robots Radio Discord as well. So go check that out. It'll, it'll be in the official announcements once I've nailed down a time that I can definitely do it. But I'm thinking for the Tuesday that I get back from PAX East, Let's see, what day of the week is that? Uh, that is the 3rd, Tuesday the 3rd. So check that out. The link is in the show notes to the Discord, or you can just search Robots Radio Discord for that. Also, if you are going to be in the area, if you live in Boston or you're going to PAX East or Bethesda Game Days and you want to meet up, there's a channel in the Discord for coordinating our schedules. So if you want to get a drink or hang out and get dinner or something like that on one of the nights where we get some extra time, then check that out as well. I would love to hang out with some of you guys and meet you face to face if possible. That would be super cool. And one more thing, if you happen to have any questions you would be interested in me being prepared to ask, should I get the opportunity while I'm up there? Please share those as well in the uh, Boston event uh, discord. So just jump in there, share the questions or say, hey, I, you know, I, I want to get together. I'm going to be in the area. Let me know. Um, all right. Enough of that stuff. We're going to move on to. Reviews that came in over this last month, and we've got some good ones that came in. Some of them are actually fairly long. And um, if you if listening to the reviews isn't your thing, I appreciate everybody who leaves reviews by the way on Apple Podcasts, it really really does help. We're at like 230 or something five star reviews, it is nuts. But if if you want to skip this part, just jump ahead about five minutes, you'll we'll get to the interview. This is this is a long episode, I totally understand. Um, but If you want to hang out and listen, then more power to you, I guess. So we have Mysterious Stranger 23 from the U.S. who writes, Fallout Lore, five stars. This is my favorite podcast. Fallout has always been my favorite game series, and I've always loved the universe and story behind the game. As I am an automotive detailer, I get the privilege of using headphones at work. So I'm able to get my Fallout fix even when I'm at work. I go to school full time for accounting as well as work this part-time job so i get very limited time to play anymore robots gives lots of detail on the lore of the game and provides theories and psychological background on each category thank you for providing these shows they make my work day better and go by a lot quicker zach thanks zach that really is a wonderful review and a, a great synopsis of the show and i'm sure it will help a lot of people you know figure out that this might be something they're interested in so thank you so much UU on RR from the United States writes a great podcast, great show, makes work pass faster, listening to great facts and lore. Very simple and to the point. Thank you for that review. Then we have Nunumer Nomenclature, who is one of our tier four patrons who you're going to hear on this episode, who writes this wonderfully um, flattering synopsis. Uh, dude, such nice words you put in here. I really do appreciate it. He writes, the best place to learn Fallout lore, five stars. This podcast is fantastic. Tom, or Robots, is an incredibly thoughtful and intelligent podcaster, additionally a super nice guy. He presents Fallout lore into bite-sized portions that present all the information you need to get educated on the subject at hand. More than that, he brings forward thoughtful questions to help you not only understand the lore, but empathize with the people in these stories. His podcasts allow you to connect with various strands of information to the Fallout world as a whole and connect them to the real world with deep understanding and emotional weight. As a fan that started with the first Fallout game finding this podcast and the amazing network and community he has built has been a great experience. If you enjoy Fallout sci-fi, alternative history or just or even just interested in <laughs> I just messed that up. Even just interesting thought experiments, check out this podcast. Start at the first episode and you will get caught up in no time at all. It's that addictive. Also, Tom might have the best voice in podcasting. (laughs) Keep up the great work. Dude, that is so flattering. Thank you so much for all the kind words there. Um, And then we have, (laughs) sorry, but we have uh, my favorite of the reviews that came in this last month from Lori Enra in the U.S. who writes, meh, three stars, Good lore-wise, two stars off for Bethesda Apologist. (laughs) All one sentence. (laughs) Wait, what? Uh, I'm a fan. I don't know that I'm a Bethesda Apologist. Mm, I'll let you guys ponder that one. All right. Thank you, everybody, for (laughs) the reviews. And um, if you want to leave a five-star review to counteract the three-star Apologist review, then that would be helpful, too. All right. Going to... Cut out the yammering and get to the interview episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will be at Paxis this week and hopefully have a new episode out early next week. uh, If I can knock it out in time, I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm coming up with new creative ways of saying those two things so they don't just sound like one word because I like to mash them together. And I'm your host of the Fallout Lorecast, and this is the end of the month special episode we have with our Tier 4 patrons. And this month we've got some new people, we've got some old people, we're mixing it up, and we are talking about creepy creatures, your favorite or most interesting creatures and everybody's bringing something some sort of enemy some sort of creature from the games to discuss and they're also inventing their own and they're going to pitch us with some ideas for what they think would be a really cool creature to include in future fallout games so i'm just going to go through the list and introduce everybody and then we'll get on with the show so coming back again we have aperture flash welcome back aperture
2: Hey, happy to be here. How you doing?
1: Hey, glad you can make it. And where are you now? You're always on the road somewhere.
2: I'm in Porter, Indiana, parked at a Travels of America off exit 2 of Interstate 94. Come visit me.
1: <laughs> Come visit you. So if anyone's listening while you're st- <laughs> wait a minute, when this episode goes out in like a few days, and then you're, you're going to oh. still be at the same place? <laughs> <laughs> what can I say, man? I'm lazy. You're not a very good truck driver. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, welcome back. And then we have with you. us for the first time Magnus Vile. Magnus, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, and you are uh, you're calling in from overseas. Why don't you tell people where you're calling from?
4: Uh, I'm calling from Ireland, which is essentially rain, 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 rain. We don't get is, much is it, sun.
1: Is it rain season right now? Summer. It's or always rain. Fall? Random. winter.
4: What's what? What year is it? It's winter. <laughs> it's winter. It is just fact is one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard is, uh, you know, the way it said that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights in the Bible. Yeah, no, that's just an Irish summer.
1: That's just Irish. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for joining us. And then we've got uh, Nunamer. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Glad to have you on the show again. I'm excited to see what you're bringing this time. Yeah. Had, we had fun going over your, uh, well, we had fun going over everybody's topics, but I know yours had some. Uh, some further discussion, even on like Twitter and the discord and stuff. So um, I'm hoping uh, you've set kind of a high bar. I'm hoping you're bringing it Uh-oh. again this time. Uh Oh, well, Uh-oh. at least
5: I'm, I'm revisiting new Orleans, my thing. So that might help. Oh, cool.
1: Very cool. <laughs> awesome. And then soybean is back. Soybean. Welcome.
6: Hello. It is Hello. I, the bean.
1: It is I, the bean. Can we just call you the bean?
6: Yes. The bean.
1: <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's pretty, uh, What's, I don't know, what's the word for the instead of a, it's like definitive, it's like there is no other bean, there is only me.
6: Exactly. Yeah. The bean.
1: Well, welcome back, the bean. And then rounding it out for this episode, at least for right now, because we have a few people who couldn't quite make it right at the moment, but that might be popping in later, is Woman on Fire plus one. Yes. Welcome to the show. I
0: have brought a special guest with me today. Hi. <laughs> This
1: is the kid on fire. <laughs> the kid, kid on fire. So we've got Woman on Fire and your son, Kid on Fire. Is that, so, is that what we should That's
7: call? what we're rolling with.
1: Yep. Very cool. Very cool. And in my mind, I told them before the show that I'm just going to pretend that Woman on Fire is doing voices for two people and that there's only one person. I have no clue. No this is all audio. Unless you talk at the same time, that would be really hard to do that.
0: Bye. He does tend to talk right
1: over me, which is normal. So. Oh, see, you're doing it, man. You're either the best ventriloquist ever, or there are actually two people there, or you pre-recorded it. That might be. That's the other option. The
0: world may never know. I'm we'll
1: right here. I all right, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going in alphabetical order this time, and I'm going back up to the top of the list. Aperture. Who? Who? What? I guess what? Really? What creature are you talking about this week?
2: Well. We'll get to that, Tom. Oh. Don't worry. Oh, all right. But um, I want to do something this time. Um, every week on the Lorecast, Aska, you put us in the shoes, um, whatever the flavor of the week may be, correct? Yeah, yes. Well, Tom, this week, I would like to put you, Mr. Robots, into the shoes of some random waste slider, a, a, a traitor, let's say.
8: A
1: trader.
2: Right. Congratulations, right. Tom! You are a well-known tra- trader who has just entered the metro area. You've Thank got you. deals do in I have, every town. Do you have a name? You have, um, Tom. Just, just Tom the Trader. It's a, it's a, uh,
1: it's Trash a pretty can name. Trashcan Tom. Trashcan
2: Tom. Trashcan Tom. Tom. And he wanders into town with his pack Brahmin buddy and his two mercenary guards. Uh, let's say Ken and Dave. Ken and Dave. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're going to be excited to find out that they're my mercenary guards. <laughs> that was a Fallout Hub joke, if anybody doesn't listen to the Fallout <laughs> Hub. They're the other the co hosts on the Fallout Hub. So, okay. So, me, me, Track and Tom, Dave, and Ken. So, Got it.
2: Yeah. So, the four of you are wandering around the waste. You've been going from town to town, making a name for yourself. And you feel, you're feeling pretty good. There's been a history spread about you that you're uh, very hard to take down. Nigh on Unkillable. You chalk it up to being, having high endurance and being so unlucky that it almost turns out to be lucky.
1: It's like, so, <laughs> it's like a dial. It goes all the way over to the other side.
2: Yeah, it's the horseshoe.
1: Right, mm. yes.
2: So, uh, you're wandering along one day and then you hear this noise. You look over at your pack bra- Brahmin buddy. He's nervous. He's antsy. He, you know, He's pulling at the bit you try and calm him down. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? Then all of yeah, a sudden, going on, buddy? bang! A shot! A shot! Rings out. Oh, my goodness! Oh, no! Ken, he's taking a bullet to the thigh! Not oh, Ken! Goodness. No! Then you hear <sighs> him. this rumbling voice, and over the hill comes a super mutant! Oh, no! Oh, you 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 pull out your weapon, but, oh, goodness, there's another one. My God, they're everywhere. What can you do? You're surrounded. Oh, no, one has got Dave. You do your best to oh, no. fight. You, you watch in horror as a super mutant grabs Buddy and pulls him away, picking him up with one arm, the brute strength. Oh, the humanity. And then, whack! all of a sudden, you're hitting the head with a sledge. Everything goes blurry. And then. You hear, bring these ones to the
8: green stuff. And Uh-oh. then everything
2: goes black. You're not quite sure how long, long it takes. You're not quite sure where you are when you wake up. You hear the sounds of dripping. You hear the ma- sounds of machinery. You hear various angry voices all around you. You open your eyes. You're tied up. You know that much. You, what, what's that next to you? Is, is that a cat? Is there, is there, there's a cat and a dog tied up next to you. You hear mooing off in the distance. Is that buddy? You can't tell. It's, it could be any Brahmin.
8: You hear more arguing. And then you hear, Just throw them in the green stuff. And you get lowered. You
2: realize, to your horror, you're above a bubbling vat. You don't know what it is. We know what it is, but you don't. And as you're slowly lowered into forced evolutionary virus, you feel yourself black out again. Horrible, sickening sensation in your gut. (sighs) Hours pass. Maybe it's minutes. Maybe it's hours. Maybe it's days. We don't know. But you wake up. Your body. Oh, God. Your body. It hurts. What's going on? Where are you? Why can't you speak? You look up. There's a piece of glass that is part of your cell. It's not broken. It's dark behind. It's dark enough that it acts like a mirror. You look up and... What you see is only vaguely human. It's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's, it's slithering. It's, it's rotting. It's... <laughs> you feel your brain start to break. And the last coherent thought that you have as Trashcam Tom the Traitor is word that's uttered campfires to scare children. It's a word that you
8: don't want to think. The word is centaur. And then you entirely Forever. So yeah, this week I'm doing centaurs. <laughs> I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> so no,
2: unfortunately, the forced evolutionary virus um, rolled the dice, and unfortunately, uh, one it was somehow less than a one. Um, a lucky person is killed by the F.E.P. You have been transformed. The addition of animal of random animal. And other possibly other people we don't know uh, have combined you into the grotesque figure of a centaur.
1: My tongue is crazy. I've got actually these extra you, things sticking out now.
2: You have three tongues. Oh man, it's terrible. It it hurts. Um, basically the way this works is uh, you know you, you covered it in, in your Vault Eighty Seven about the FE, um, but it it's so incredibly unstable
8: that. Um, the fact that it's created at it all is frankly a miracle. Um, but the centaurs are the unlucky few, the really unlucky few aren't. Um, the standard centaur, it, it it's human, technically, in vaguely appearance, uh,
2: you know, in that it has hands, sometimes it has, it has skin. Uh, it's got like head a head.
1: Is sort of human. Yeah, kind of a yeah. humanish head. I think that's like the the main defining factor is like, well, at least it's got kind of a humanish head. It's
2: got two eyes, a mouth, and a that's, nose. That's human enough. That's uncanny, Ally. Yeah. Allie.
1: yeah.
2: Uh, there are several uh, different forms of um centaur.
8: If you're lucky, uh, you become just a standard. Um, if you're unlucky, you become something
2: like a two-headed centaur, which I'm looking at... These appear in Fallout 4... or 4, Sorry. These appear in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. These are... Um, nasty. I'm counting six legs, a dog head, a human torso, a human head, and a uh, cluster of wriggling, fleshy tentacle- tentacles bloom out from, under, from their underside. Um... Hmm. There's the one-headed, one-headed centaur, which you unfortunately—that was featured in Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Um, these act as uh, guard dogs for. Super- now they—they're a little bit more sensitive than the super mutants, so they're a little—it's—it's it's easier for them to detect, you know, prey
8: or what have you, and uh, alert, alert the with uh, their unpleasant noises that they make.
2: Um there's the evolved centaurs which are just you know it's basically the same thing four limbs um three tongues but it's beefier it's got big tumors on its back and you know the giant evolved centaur is basically that Uh um, first time I encountered one of these in game I had a legit nightmare
1: Uh-huh um yeah, go on. Tell us. Tell us about how you, were, were you playing three New Vegas.
2: It was three. It was three. Um, I encountered one. I was in more of the southeastern part of the map, and I mm-hmm. actually saw it cross a river. Um, and now I usually do a sniper build, so I'm I'm I see the cross the river and kind of sweep my scope over, and I see this. Thing walking and my literal words were what is that and um it was horrifying but like it's true body horror. um it, any of your viewers who don't know what i'm talking about who uh 76 or fallout 4 um i would recommend that you look it up it is a site be- um,
1: yeah i thought i thought maybe you were gonna throw me and uh dave and ken in the vat together <laughs> And we would end well, up they- as in a <laughs> mesh of the three of us. Well, uh, Ken Gross. became
2: a super mutant and uh, Dave got eaten.
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Well, sorry to all of us, really. <laughs> I mean,
2: they, yeah, sorry. They're kind of sorry all. Sorry te- to all of us.
1: Kind of terrible, but
2: yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I <sighs> don't know what happened to Buddy. Rumor has <sighs> it he's wandering around with a bunch of brains in his saddlebags. We need to deal with that, by the way. We need to deal with the brains.
1: The brains, um,
2: the, yeah, what we happened need to with, deal with
1: buddy bots? Buddy bots, yeah, we, brain we brain to
2: issue. robot I
1: think we're gonna have to, to find fun. out what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, I, I think yeah, that, that that makes a good poll to, that we need to put up on uh Twitter is if you were dipped in a vat of FEV, would you rather a die, <laughs> b become a superman or c <laughs> become a centaur?
2: Well, that's um. I think it's actually kind of brilliant that uh, the devs never centaurs in Fallout, simply because um, centaurs are mistakes. They are horrible mutations. that Frankly, should not exist. The super mutants—they release those on Boston to create chaos. But um, you know, super mutants—they have a, a like you know formula that they follow. They can sort of be guided and sort of controlled through like. Um, where you put them. You drop a cluster of superheroes in one spot, they're going to cause ha- havoc. In- Whereas a centaur is more like a wild animal. You've got very little control on what that's going to do. So I could see the institute actually just outright killing and incinerating any possible centaurs that uh, get made. So sure. yeah. That's, that's, that's the reason I came to why centaurs fall out for. Can you imagine that done? In that engine, that horrible, like I mean, scary in that engine. Yeah,
1: centaur. well, you know, you know what that makes me think of is the trailer for Wastelanders. Uh, there's a very brief glance at what looks like a large bipedal mutated humanoid. Oh thing. yeah, that might You're be right. related. Like uh, when you br- when it, when this when I realized this was going to Centaurs, I, that that's what popped in my head. I was like, hmm, I wonder if we're getting some of that somehow coming back you know like because there, hey. there is the uh the fev lab in uh west virginia that you can find right um so the idea that like some other weird creations like those could be around because of that is not too far-fetched
8: well it's it's
2: funny the uh, mythology behind centaurs is they, they're actually pretty wise
8: creatures in greek mythology um oh yeah right like it um Pretty much, the only thing that these
2: share with uh, the, you know, what, what their na- their namesake is the name and the fact that they're torso out of a formed body. Uh, right, right. It's uh, like the first first time I encountered one, I ran away. I was like, I was level twenty five. I ran away. I was scared of that thing. I still am. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I kind of noped out,
1: too. I found, I found a pit of them. I think the first time I found them, they were in a pit with some sort of, like, vat of goo or something down in it. Oh. And they were, like, I, at first I thought there was one, and there were, like, two others down in there also. And, I, yeah, I kind of looked down there and was like, mm, nope. <laughs> I was, yeah. like, not going down there.
8: This is not a thing I want to do today.
1: I'm not hanging out with those guys.
8: No. I mean, by the time I got to New Vegas, uh, I had forgotten they, uh,
2: cause they, they don't appear right away in the game. Right. So I'm, you know, I've got, I've got my spurs there, jingle, jangle, jingling, and I'm wandering along my merry way, feeling happy to be single. And, uh, listen to Johnny guitar, play it again. And all of a sudden I look over the edge of a cliff and Hey, there is a monstrosity God. And it was the evolved centaur too. Yeah. I, um. Took my big iron and got the hell out of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and pretty—they're pretty tough uh, when you first come across them too. Yeah,
2: no, because uh, their skin is is um, mutated to be extra thick and muscular. That's there's no fat on these. It's, uh, they're, they're, swole. They're, they're they're tough: They're
1: they're tough. Beefy little buddies.
2: Beefy little buddies.
1: <laughs> we will call them the beefy buds from now on. <laughs> the beefy of buds. Centars.
2: <laughs> oh no <laughs> the beefy boys <laughs>
1: the beefy boys oh, I came across another beefy boy yesterday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's that, yep. <laughs> that is the uh the the person in the settlement that everyone <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool well uh cool yeah. satireurs are, are definitely definitely creepy they're definitely on that list of like d- definitely wouldn't want to run into it. I just said definitely four times now uh in in real definitely. life um so uh what's what kind of creature are you inventing to bring to the game?
2: so um before uh, trash can Tom fortunate made an unfortunate trip up north uh about a stash of uh cola maple, which uh he wanted to bring down south and sell for three hundred bottles a cap. Hmm. lovely capitalist that he is. Uh, he makes it just past Ronto, and he gets to the Algonquin National. He gets himself very lost. And one night, he's, at, he's built himself a, a camp. He's warming his hands by the
8: fire, and he... Snap! 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 He looks up. He, you know, he figures, okay, I'm going to have to deal with a
2: Yaogwai. No fun, but I'm going to be tonight. All of a sudden, from between the trees, the tree actually falls over onto his tent. Uh, Poor Ken breaks his leg. Oh, no. (laughs) Ken just can't catch a break today. Can't Um, catch a break. Dave stands up. He readies his gun. And Then all of a sudden, a giant antler swoops in and throws him off into the darkness. Tom steps back, and in the firelight, he sees 12 foot tall moose fangs <laughs> razor sharp antler and hooves the size of your head oh god usually from a oh, distance no. they're so friendly and and calm to look at but up close it wants to eat you
1: it's a fanged moose
2: it's a fanged moose
1: is it, it, like, is a a moose? it is like a vampire
2: radiated it's like well i guess you call it a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it drains it drains all the warmth out of you by draining your blood and frozen husk
1: oh no dude m- moose are nothing to mess with they're huge
2: no man you, you like there, there's a, a very common you know those big bars you see on the front of trucks yeah in uh the south they're called bull bars in the north they're moose bars and frequently you'll replace your entire bumper with a moose yeah. bar welded directly to your frame
1: yeah Didn't um, we, talk, we talked <laughs> about this a little bit last time it, we may have, yeah. it came up yeah yeah we're talking about running into a truck with a moose and then the moose just walks away and the truck's like totaled yeah. exactly yeah, yeah.
2: yeah um yeah no i i had to i had to go with the moose again because I, I feel like the goose got too much attention and uh frankly he's attention.
1: yeah um, i can Im- i can imagine a, a very northern set fallout with a really scary mutant moose well, um, I
2: feel like it would be almost as hard to take down as a, as like a miler, because think of, like, they're, they're not slow creatures. You no. know, If it was big, yeah, it would be a little bit slower, but it could easily keep up with any running pace that a man could set. It'd be like, um, like they're bigger than horses.
1: Unmutated. Right. They're bigger this is than like, horses. this is like a mount for a super mutant. Easily. You just, you just easily. invented super mutant mounts. Oh, God. Can you imagine a super mutant riding on a mutant vampire moose? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man. Um, All right. So
2: Canada has been lost all over.
1: All over again. We need to open this up (laughs) to everybody else. If anyone else wants to chime in, uh, let me know. And um, you have any thoughts? Noonamer, what are you thinking?
5: Yeah, I was going to say similar to how Aperture was saying, um, anybody that hasn't seen a centaur, you know, look it up from Fallout 3 or New Vegas. They're... They're really freaky when you see them, you know, three dimensionally, but they're surprisingly freaky. If you go back to the original games and see what the animation looks like in in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2, they were just looked like even more of just a grotesque, mutated mass of flesh and muscle and just uh, really freaking, freaky looking. And uh, the other thing I wanted to I don't think you mentioned this, but um, the their spit. Um, oh, no, I co- totally spit- forgot
2: about the spit.
5: Yeah, the spit attack, and the thing about that, too, is it, it does um, a, a significant amount of radiation damage, so it, you know, it hits you, and it doesn't seem like it's doing all that much, but then you see the, the rads you're soaking up, and it's like, oh god, plus just the thought of being spit on by something that looks like that just is not good.
8: Because god knows what that spit you like, what have you Oh, You're breaking up. Aperture? Uh-oh. Try and say that again. I said, God knows what that spit used to
1: be. Who knows what <laughs> He broke up again. Who knows? Oh, who knows? No! With that spit blank. Knows. Who knows blank.
2: <laughs> what that spit
1: Oh, it did it again! The internet.
8: Oh no, he just dropped.
1: Oh, and he's back. Are you there now?
8: What that spit used to be.
1: Oh, there we go! Alright. <laughs> He right, did it. Ooh. Hooray. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember them spitting at me. Yeah. That was, that was definitely the warning sign of like, don't jump down in that pit. All the, all this, ugh. There's gunk. Well, it, it,
2: it makes sense. Anything that's dipped in FEB comes inherently to radiation. But probably most of its diet is probably pretty heavily irradiated.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are what you and eat. I, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah.
2: and you're absolutely right, Noom, about the uh, being in Fallout 1 and 2. The, um, how the low pixelation somehow makes them... The fact that you can't see their details makes it even...
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like they're just like wreathing. Like they're these like, just body parts all stuck together in this mass of flesh that just kind of wreathe around. They've got this like creepy-crawly wreathing body thing going on.
2: A small part of you knows it was human. Can't hmm. tell how
1: right right well those are some really fun fun uh man and gross <laughs> and grotesque things to bring to the show thank you very much yeah. anybody else want to chime in on this one any other thoughts on centaurs or mutant m- moose meeses moose Meese? mooses.
2: there is no correct answer
1: hey oh and by the way captain <laughs> GoFast just joined us just was able to oh. on. welcome
9: hey welcome. guys hey
1: you, you made really it good yeah, we can hear you good. Did you have thoughts on this one?
9: Yeah. Um. So, Centaur, I mean, yeah, yeah, I pretty much, I honestly didn't hear too much of Apertures, so I'm going to ask you a question that was probably already covered, but, like, so with the whole FEV thing, how did Centaurs become to be? Like, they obviously, were they humans? Did they start as humans? You know, was it a they test st- subject like that, or?
2: They started out as humans, but they were um, basically the FE, FEV um, like it it just didn't take, right? Like, it it was, uh, it's so heavily unpredictable, and so um, like, just out there, that, you know, the super mutants, they start combining, like, cats, dogs, brahmin, um, bears, if they could catch them, and throw it all into the fuV
8: people, to see what would happen. You know, like a, a giant th- And, um, it, the result was
2: unstable. And so centaurs yeah. are a common mistake of the fev
1: That's, like one of the that, that, mistakes that was able to survive unexpectedly yeah. like most of the things that came out of the fev that looked sort of like just a mesh of just nonsense didn't live long enough to survive but for some reason this combination of things or this uh, uh mutation version i guess you could say uh, was able to survive, and so therefore, these were, these were the ones that actually lived.
9: I would actually So there's no argue real
8: telling. That, no, oh, there, there, is no
2: real, th- there is no real telling. Um, a, like, a clean stock human, the master was looking after, likely would not become a centaur. Um, just because their DNA was strong and unaffected by radiation, but you got to remember that the what makes FEV so incredibly unstable is the fact that um, our DNA is irradiated, so it really doesn't know what direction to evolve in, right? So, you know, if 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 it was a clean human from say, a vault, say, Vault 101 with zero radiation, you'd probably get your standard superman. If you had buddy who was sitting outside of Rivet City begging for water every other day because he couldn't keep up with the dirty water no more, you know, you, you probably got yourself either a dead body or a centaur.
8: <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah. I
2: would actually argue that a centaur physically is closer to the master.
1: Uh, yeah yeah the master looks like a big mesh of body gore and weird yeah totally he
2: just got really he just got really lucky that he was able to maintain some his mind for one
1: right. and then
2: he was able to connect to the computer and became psychic
1: <laughs> right right oh good old 90s storytelling
2: <laughs> <Gotta love> it. <laughs> yeah roll of the dice
1: yeah well, awesome. Very cool stuff. We're going alphabetically, and Captain GoFest, you are alphabetically the next one. Are you ready to go, or do you want to you hold off?
9: I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I could use a little bit more research. I just got done with band practice, so I need to kind of...
1: Sure, sure. my notes real quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll rope you in at the end. We'll come back to you. So, Magnus, that means you're next.
4: Um, okay. Well, I'd like to propose a situation. You've just landed a new boss. You'd heard about this amazing theme park called Nuke World. You go through, you find it's piped up with raiders who want you to become the rover. But they need you to clear out certain areas. So you go to this one area on the map called the Safari Zone. You go there, and you're walking through. And suddenly you hear a loud roar, like kind of a screeching sound. You turn to find a creature barreling towards you that looks similar to a death claw, but they're not a death claw. The creature I'd like to propose or talk about today is gator claws. Gator or, claws.: Yeah. I remember those they guys. They are man-made creatures, and they are made by Dr. Darren McDermott. He was a scientist who worked in. The Safari Zone on uh, mutations and genetic modification, so remapping genetic cells into building new creatures. And after the bombs dropped, he was a sole survivor of um, of the Safari Zone and mutated into a ghoul. Throughout the next two centuries, he stayed hidden using the Nucogen Replicator, which is the machine that duplicates things to make himself food and whatnot. And one day he went out into the safari zone and found a dead super mutant. So he decided to drag it back into his underground lair. And using the brain and other parts of the DNA from the super mutant, he decided to try and mix it with different creatures. Um, he tried alligators, and he found that a combination of alligator and Jackson chameleon, genetic material, would make a gator claw which is a creature that stands similar to a death claw, as I was saying, but their face and their body is more adapted towards the alligator with a long snout and claws that weren't meant for ripping apart as so to hold them down. Now, Nuka World is the only place you can ever find them, and there are only about four in the game. Uh, Three of them being standard Gator Claws, one being an Albino. Uh, They have the highest Courage stat in the game besides Death Claws, which means that they will attack you on sight. They will not be running away from you or anything. They have some of the strongest melee in the game, again, similar to Death Claws, and using the Wasteland perk, the um, Wasteland Whisperer perk, we can identify them as all-female which may have something to do with the cloning facilities. Uh we found uh, people believe that the cloning facilities he may have only found female alligators or as such, so he could only make females, that's why he had to clone them. Mm. They have seven hundred and five base health. And the albino's have seven hundred and fifty. They only have thirty um resistances, like 30 resistant to I believe it is um damage is like, like physical damage. Uh like damage resistance and damage coming in. They <laughs> only have about a hundred and that doesn't change per creature. So it's the only creatures where the albino has the same stats as the normal creature. Hmm. And um we have found, at least I have personally, that um they were similar to mutated crocodiles, we believe at first, but when we found out they were alligators. But companions still refer to them as death claws, which is a, I believe, an oversight on Bethesda's part. Yeah,
1: I wonder, I wonder if they needed, would have needed to record more voice lines in order for them to do that. And being that they were they're so minimal, there's only a few of them in like one very specific place, that that was just a little bit too much. So they're like, well, just, they just think they're death claws. You know, yeah. it's an easy uh, justification, probably.
4: An interesting fact about the replicator machine once you complete the quest of killing all the death, uh, Gator Claws, sorry, and turning off the replicating machine, once you turn it back on, it will infinitely spawn Gazelles. <laughs> you cannot then turn it back off. Um, so here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. They don't have any grabbing attack, similar to a Death Claw where they grab you and kind of throw you. They don't have that. Mm. They also use their claws to attack and don't bite you with their jaws, even though their jaws seem to be stronger substance than normal. You get um, gator claw hands, hide, and meat off them, and the meat can be cooked similar to death claws into like steaks and all that. So what
1: I want to know is if you flip them upside down, do they pass out? (laughs) Do they go to sleep?
4: I don't know. <laughs> Personally, I found that three bullets to the head will usually make them go unconscious for a bit. If not, indefinitely. Um, they actually have no tongue. So we don't even know if they taste. Um, they have an animation so much to their claws where they taste the air with their tongue. But their uh-huh. tongue doesn't appear. They, it's <laughs> more like they're just sniffing the air. Weird. And when you look into the model files, it has a tongue, like it has modelled open mouth with a tongue. It -hmm. also, um, death Claws have the horns going out the top of their head. Gator Claws do not, they have a spine going down the back with small spikes in it. They do not have any horns or similar Mm -hmm. types. Right. Uh, They're completely immune to radiation, which is an interesting thing because... They are made with a mutagen or a replicator, which could be a fact of, as time progressed, as they were being replicated and replicated and replicated, they would mutate over time. And that's why the albino gator claw is there. Now, there's only one albino gator claw in the game, and it is down by the replicator itself guarding it. And the only real difference for the replicator... Um, well for the Albano deck plot is it has 10 more damage per hit so when it hits you it does 50 damage instead of I think the normal one does about 40 and it only spawns at level 50 plus. Uh, Gator Claws themselves only spawn at level 40 plus and it has about 50 more health. That's about it. So personally I think Bethesda were in kind of a time crunch and they didn't put it into more of a similar to how other creatures, albino forms have way stronger abilities. I think it was just, they wanted to make it kind of a semi boss.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, I do remember coming across them in the game. Uh, You know, I I don't think I thought too much of it other than, Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like a death claw, but it's an alligator. It seems like there's a lot more details than just that.
4: That's why I wanted to go into it, because when I had heard what the episode was, um, this is one of my favorite creatures from Fallout 4's Nuka World, because it's a creature you do not look at. You think, oh, it looks like a death cop, and move on. But when you look into the lore, you find that they're Jackson Chameleons, they're alligators, they're super mutant DNA. This is one of the only man-made creatures that we know of in Fallout 4, because it is man-made.
1: Yeah, it was intentionally created, yeah.
4: To show that, um, well, Dr. McDermott actually didn't mean to create it. He wanted to create animals again by using the replicator so he could repopulate the world. But he accidentally made horrors. That If you do the quest without spoiling too much, you come across a human. Well, I say human, we don't really know if he's human or synth. And... He lives with a family of gorillas who people speculate was a successful procedure for Dr. McDermott. Um, I guess We're
8: the gorillas. Yeah.
4: Because, yeah. again, with Wasteland Whisperer we find that they are all female. There is no male in the group. Right. Which is strange for gorillas, considering female gorillas show aggression towards other female gorillas in real life. But again, I think Bethesda were more just going. This is a part of the quest. They weren't um, adapting it into the lore, or or that
1: was the like a random like trait of the one that got replicated, and then they all got along because it was it was not yeah, necessarily violent against other females, you know, or or chosen trait maybe.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's um, ways that
1: you could justify that.
4: Sure. Where you actually find Doctor McDermott? which I find interesting, he's lying by the corpse of a super mutant. So my personal theory is he wanted to go up and bring the super mutant back down to try and do it again. But something had attacked him or he had gotten attacked. Mm. Um, The gator claws themselves can be seen lying down in a similar manner to alligators do on their stomach. But the interesting fact is when they go towards you, from the lying down position, they will sprint. It's not like they get an animation where they stand up. They just full-on sprint towards you. An effective way of killing them, I found, is usually a double-barrel shotgun to the face. Personal preference, it works. Might be a little harmful to the creature, though.
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point. Anytime you put a double-barrel shotgun in anything's face, you generally want it to be Harmful or at least threatening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of the point of that. Yeah. Very Um, cool. Very, very cool. Yeah.
4: That's kind of all I have on them right now.
1: Now, what kind of creature would you invent to add to the game?
4: The creature I would invent would more be a species of creature. So we know that cats exist in Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. Domesticated cats. But what's to say that the bigger animals like tigers, jaguars, cougars and all that haven't mutated? So I was reading recently about bugs and such that attach themselves onto feline creatures and irritate them by burrowing into the skin and irritating them that way. And I found, as we know, like blood bugs and all that have grown tremendous sizes. So I'd like to propose that there are certain feline creatures that have mutated, say, um, cougars, for example. They're fast, agile creatures that are great at hiding. So who's to say that they don't gain some sort of chameleon-like ability to attack so they can vanish? They're super agile and they would be mutated so their jaws have twice as much strength and like they're starting to decay, similar to mongrels. And that's the kind of creature I'd like to propose as a thing, and there would be different variants uh, depending on the species. So cougars would be better at hiding, jaguars would be better at biting, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You could do you could do variations of each of those things. That would be very like video gamey, but also kind of connected to real world differences in the animals. You know. Yeah. Um, That would make a lot of sense. All right, let's open this up to everyone else. Guys, do you have any thoughts on either uh, gator claws or um, mutant uh, big cats?
0: I kind of pointed this out in the chat, but uh, when we were talking about things that are, they're all entirely female, uh, I was speculating it could have been done on purpose, like it did in uh, Jurassic Park where the goal was to keep them from breeding, except that, you know, life uh, finds a way. That was my uh, question that goes along with that
2: is do you think that the life would eventually find a way with these gator claws if they had been just left to the devices?
1: Well, isn't that the whole uh, thing in Jurassic Park? Is that because they were like frog genetics? Yeah, uh, because
0: they used amphibian DNA and the frogs yeah. can change genders right. or something.
1: So I, I wonder if you can make the argument that, you know, frogs, reptiles, maybe there was some amphibian DNA in the mix, you know, that kind of thing.
0: But there were chameleons well, in there. And what then What do you that, think would that happen that if fall?
1: Yeah, chameleons are reptiles, so like a step chameleons from are reptiles, yeah, yeah, a step from amphibian. But who knows? I mean, I mean, you could say that those genes are still there; they're just dormant because everything kind of is uh, Certain- you know, on the family tree evolved from other things that were similar.
4: Certain reptiles have actually been shown to be able to self-produce, so they take stem cells from those cells, and their body makes it into eggs. Now, a lot of the time, the eggs fail, uh, because they don't have enough DNA. But sometimes they do, and then that can reduce males and whatnot. So it could be a way for the species to last longer.
8: So animals it may weird. happen.
1: Weird animals are so weird. Aperture, what were you going to say?
2: No, do you think if a death claw, if a male death claw got in there, do you think uh, that they would, that they, that they could are reproduce? similar enough that they that they could reproduce? Or do you think that since uh, the gator claw is such a melange of uh, creatures? That it wouldn't be viable.
1: I, I would guess, like if in real world situation, that they are distinctly different species, and n-
4: they're too far that they apart. each other on site because death claws are insanely territorial, let alone gator claws being insanely territorial.
1: Yeah, but so what if, if it was like a really lonely death claw that just hadn't seen a lady <laughs> death claw in a while? Have
4: you ever seen a death claw in a pack?
1: Yeah, but what if it wasn't in a pack?
4: No, but that's what I mean. They're never in packs.
1: Well the, the the mommy ones the mommy ones have like baby ones. I've never seen there a, like
0: baby a whole day? town in uh, Fallout 3 that's full of uh, full of death claws and packs.
1: Yeah, I think the blind so. Blind ones I stick, stick together. not know that. Yeah, I think they they do pack up. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're total pack animals. The, the blind ones stick together like glue. Or Quarry uh, Junction. Quarry Junction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's the one I'm thinking. Oh no, no, that's in New Vegas. I am so court, court Junction. wasn't it, right That though. was the one
1: with the that there was a mother, right? There was like a pack of them, but then there, there was the, the mother was like a huge one.
2: Yeah, there was a matriarch.
4: The only time I've ever kind of seen a pack, per se, is um, in Fallout 4 when you go towards Salem. You have that one death claw egg that you can bring back to the mother, and it's the only time mm-hmm. the mother will not attack you because if you go back towards that any other time, she will attack you on site. Right. right.
1: Yeah. Well, He's you never know, I mean, ex, so. yeah, but well, you know, yeah, lonely death claw hanging out, you know, <laughs> on a long adventure, hasn't seen a lady death claw in a while. He might go, This death claw is kind of ugly, she's got a big <laughs> flat face, but
2: she looks like well, she's well, from Florida,
1: you know. Yeah, these Florida death claws are a little bit, a little bit strange, but sometimes so she, turning you know, into an after, after dark do, episode. You know? What was that?
9: So, is this gonna turn into an after dark episode real quick?
1: it's all in so that's fine.
2: <laughs> it's always an after dark episode when I'm around. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: Nunimer? Yeah, no, I was just gonna um kind of uh move towards the uh the the wild cats um concept that uh Magnus brought up, which um is uh it's interesting because we, we see cats similar to domestic dogs um around starting in Fallout 4 and we see them in um uh 76 as well. But we have yet to see any mutated or wild cats, which there's plenty of them in America between, um, you know, cougars and bobcats and different things like that. And um, I think they would be. That's a really cool idea that Magnus came up with, because um, especially because they use stealth so much. They're quiet and they can sneak up on you. They can hide. So it the dynamics of what that would be like in the gameplay would be really cool and. You know, anybody that has pet cats, when you see them fighting or, you know, attacking (laughs) mouse or anything like that, they can be quite intimidating. So if you imagine something like that, you know, wandering around in the woods somewhere and all of a sudden you hear this little branch break, you hear a little growl, and then you have a mutated bobcat jumping on you, it would be uh, quite something to have
1: to fight against. Yeah, or really dangerous house cats. (laughs) <laughs> like really scary little house cats that are just super quiet and then bite your head off. So you mean,
6: yeah, you got something
1: to add?
6: Yes. Um, I think it's weird because we don't see really cats like surviving in the wasteland. All the cats that we have really seen as stated, like fallout four and 76, Fallout Four. The ones we see are from what I assume just coming from the vaults that are opening now. Because one of the mo- like first cats you see is the one that belongs to the little girl in Vault um, eighty-one, the one with Curie. Mm-hmm. And then in seventy-six, it's because you know the bombs wow. only dropped, uh, you know, not so long ago. Right. I, it's Odd because when I think of like animals that would survive on their own, like to me, cats are more of a survivor than dogs. Like you throw a, yes. even like a house cat out in the wild yeah. and they're out there killing hundreds of birds.
1: <laughs> right. They will hunt for themselves. They will find food. They will clean themselves. Yes. Whereas dogs are just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'll yeah. just find a friend. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. Dogs are not. But perhaps, perhaps it has
6: something to do with the um, maybe just like their makeup can't take the like radiation as well. Maybe. And that's why we don't even see wild cats, because it's just something in the cat DNA, because it is true. We really never see cats in, in other areas as much.
1: Yeah, I wonder if maybe the, the locations haven't been particularly known for wild cats. I don't mm. I don't know a whole lot about, you know, like the DC area or uh I mean, I guess I don't know. I, don't I mean,
6: know. in the east there aren't too many, but definitely back in Fallout 1 and 2, they could have had like mountain lions or something if they right. really when you wanted get out into to. The,
1: the wilderness out there. Yeah. I mean, even in yeah. Florida there are the Florida panther is actually a real Animal yeah. out in the wild. Um, I don't think there's a ton of them, but they're there. So interesting, interesting stuff. Well, thanks, Magnus. Thanks for uh, for bringing these for discussion this week.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. We got True Dog joining us now. True Dog's back. So now we've got everybody on board, I believe. True Dog, how's it going? Good. Uh, thanks for having me good 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 hey we're doing alphabetical order so i, I gave captain GoFast a chance to jump in here if you would like to go now you can or we can hold off and come back to you at the, at the end Why not yeah, yeah you I'd... guys can
9: keep going yeah you guys keep going
1: okay true dog do you want to go now or you want to wait uh i'll go right now yeah
10: why not sure go for it oh okay then um i'm talking about dogs in this episode my favorite hey
1: nice segue so are, are you talking about uh, like dogs in the game already, like mutant dogs? Or are, is are dogs the thing that you were going to add to the game, some sort of dog variation?
10: Right. Well, they have a lot of uh, enemy models that are dogs and they're mutated. They're mongrels, all kinds of stuff. I was very interested in cyber dogs and trying to draw in ah. a boy and his dog. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie with the telepathic dog and the boy
1: uh, moving through the wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the influences on the original creators of Fallout.
10: Right. It influenced me, too. And uh, I'm a big fan of New Vegas. So uh, having Rex as my main companion when I wasn't using Edie uh, kind of made me think about what kind of enemy you deal with if you had intelligent dogs or a society of dogs that had been modified uh, so that they had the cybernetic brains and were basically sentient and able to mess with you that way. Hmm
8: think it would be okay. kind of
5: because they'd be able to potentially have like a society separated from humans where um, they're living
10: stealthily, even um, in a way where they don't want human contact. And uh, hunting people down or using their enhanced intelligence to potentially manipulate people through technology that they do the their, um, doing. So to use their thumbs and opposable digits to uh, build their society and help them do things that dogs basically can't in their uh, domesticated
1: form. Um, so what it's for our, for our listeners, what would, what would this kind of dog look like? Would it look like the cybernetic dog in the game or would there be variations where different parts of their bodies were replaced by cybernetic parts? Would they have dog brains? Would some of them have dog brains, but also have computer chips? Would they all be digital? Like what, what do you see? Well, the, um, the variation
10: the dog is kind of interesting and so potentially them seeing themselves as the same species and breed you could have all kinds of dogs the centaurs in fallout 3 and i think new vegas had them too are dogs that are mixed with human and brahmin dna and then dumped in an fev vat so um yeah aperture actually
1: talked about centaurs earlier
10: oh sweet i must have missed it so That kind of wild production of tentacles and weird appendages could potentially be recognized by these sentient dogs as beneficial to them. So you potentially could have like a hierarchy of intelligent dogs that had been modified to have cybernetic brains in charge of all these other creatures underneath of them, even some telepathic dogs like we see in uh, Boy and His Dog. And then... Uh, the lowest tier of them would be abominations like centaurs or even night stalkers uh, from new vegas the rattlesnake hybrids with coyotes um mm. so yeah kind of larger looking animals uh some of them nearly ghoulified from the radiation um even bear-sized like yao guai uh, with that kind of genetic mixture so potentially terrifying but like all with like a dog at the core right that frame being canine, but as much um, uh, ability as whatever animal they were mixed with. So even wings, uh, larger masses mixed with bears. And, uh, but I think the most terrifying aspect of it, we're going to talk about monsters, is the sentient capacity for cybernetic animals. Uh, being able to work in packs, hunt effectively, and even trick you into doing things, even give you quests and stuff like that.
1: You come across a whole society of dog... People. Dog. Borg dogs.
10: That's like a... That'd be really cool for me. I would definitely want to hang around that city a lot more and make friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because you like dogs? Because you're a true dog?
10: Yeah, I work with dogs. So it's just, I love dogs. I love everything about it. And I was kind gotcha. of a little down with dogs in the game. They just kind of seem like cannon fodder. The Mongols mm. attack dogs that are used by the gunners just... They get in the way and they're just kind of, uh, they're just there. They're not
1: really adding much to it. Right. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's, um, there's definitely, I mean, they def, uh, aside from like the mongrels that just kind of run up like the wild dogs that are irradiated that attack you, there, you know, there are the cybernetic ones that show up on occasion, um, but you know, they haven't really done a whole lot around that. Let's open this up to everybody else. I know some of you guys have some comments. Aperture? True
2: dog, you really need to play Fallout Two, man. Uh, there's several dog companions, and um, you've kind of described Canine, which is a hyper-intelligent robo-dog that can actually. Um, just thought I would.
1: In that. Yep. Yeah. The, the the wiki here you shared it in the thing it says Canine, unlike most cyber dogs, is fully sentient and has been modified with vocal organs allowing him to communicate verbally in several languages. <laughs> yeah so he's a good boy he's the good boy like a a dog modified in that way could definitely become the leader of like the dogs the dog the cyber dog pack and create a society around it for sure so there's already something like this in the game
10: well yeah you know i'll admit that i started at three and played sort of through one but never got to two so yeah
1: no don't worry about it. i haven't played i've watched playthroughs of like one and two but i haven't actually played them myself myself because they feel so old and difficult to kind of you know, I'm not trying to call anyone out <laughs> yeah yeah but no that's that's cool i mean it would be really neat to see more of this kind of stuff in future games or in expansions you know like you know so one of the ideas is and i will know more about wastelanders and fallout 76 in the future in just like actually a few days um but one of the ideas is that they're with fallout 76 the hope is that it will continue to grow and be kind of the stopgap because we know that the next fallout game is going to be years away but if they were able to create good content every year and release more and more and more of it over time then it would become something more like elder squirrels online where you could jump in and you could play whatever parts of it and the story would continue to grow and expand with new groups of people and new areas and whatever else they add to the game so they could totally have a character in there who's somebody you come across who's tinkering with Dogs and technology, and you know, the, the ramifications of that like that could totally be a thing. And they already have the foundation of that in Fallout 2 to kind of draw off of in order to work that into a game. Magnus, do you
4: have something you wanted to add? Uh, I'd just like to add you mentioned like dog creatures, how they mix and stuff. It reminds me of an old Irish legend. I um, kind of learned about this in school. I don't know what it is in Irish, but the rough translation is is dog of black of night. And it's a creature that is said to look like a dog. But then when a full moon or a blood moon comes along, they transform into massive beasts. Like uh, the legend says that they're towering tall and they're vicious beyond repair, as in they literally rip through anything and they're indestructible at that time. So it kind of reminds me of that a bit.
1: Um, yeah, like a weird dog dog
4: yeah kind of um <laughs> yeah one of the sayings is like if you see it and it looks at you uh directly you feel cold you like go stone dead cold and it's uh said that its teeth were so so mm-hmm. sure it could rip through the thickest of skins and all this so it's a lot of um Similar to what you were saying, where if they were to mix with Yagui yeah, or something, who already have sharp teeth, they could be so much more powerful. Um, dogs in general are powerful in Fallout. If you come across like uh, a big pack of mongrels who have like alphas and all that, but to have them mix with something else would be truly terrifying. And also on the fact of robots uh, or robotic dogs or smart dogs. The Institute are making robotic animals in Fallout 4, if you progress their storyline enough. They could make synthetic dogs who have voice chips and all that in them, who then could talk. Which I think will be an interesting thing to see later down the line in a Fallout game or something. Where it's my still
1: at the Institute. <clears throat> if my dogs could talk, they'd say, food? Food?
10: <laughs> Sounds. People. Food? You're Just talking saying. my language there. I'd love to have <laughs> an animal that I could talk to and actually hold a running conversation with.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if we could develop the ability to communicate directly with animals? I bet so we'd we have be like, like the somebody. weirdest conversations.
2: Come to a truck stop talking to some of these like talking.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right, True Dog. Well, thanks for bringing that. Do you have anything else you wanted to close up the discussion with? not really glad that i got to fit in here yeah i'm glad you made it um man cool idea i hope i hope we see more cybernetic dogs and maybe even just a dog companion for fallout 76 at some point that'd be really cool too all right let's move on to nunimer nunimer welcome what you got for us
5: hey well i um when looking over all the different creatures in fallout i really wanted to uh represent some um uh fallout 76 so i was looking over the new creatures and the things that were introduced and um, i love cryptids so i wanted to focus on the sheep squatch which um, besides being a terrifying creature is also a real fun thing to say yes especially the squatch part (laughs) exactly squatch Squatch is just awesome and then you add (laughs) sheep to that and it just sounds ridiculous but And this creature is anything but ridiculous. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about it, too, is um, the reason it was added into 76 is because the real life cryptid um, is supposed to be from West Virginia. And unlike a lot of other cryptids, it's a relatively new uh, phenomenon. It actually started in the mid '90s, mm. uh, which most cryptids go much further back, even to ancient times. But this has been a relatively new thing. And one of the things that's interesting, which isn't something we get to experience in the game, um, because there's no sense of smell for us playing a video game. But for the people that claim to have seen it, they say that it smells like sulfur, um, and that like there's the devil. A, a, well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, uh-huh. And kind of the, the theory was that it could as- actually just be like the smell of like a, a musk it has or something like that. But there was also a theory that they may have, if they were real, that they it originated in the TNT area of Mason County and yeah. that they were essentially drinking toxic water that gave them like a, like a sulfur-like smell. But um, back to the actual g- game itself. So um, they were added in. They, did, they were not in the uh, base game. They were in, involved with the first wave of uh, DLC with the Wy- Wild Appalachia um, editions, and, uh, which was really cool, you know, expanding on the cryptids that already existed in the game. Uh, but they're huge. They're like approximately Death Claw size. They're about 10 feet tall. And they are, like you were saying, like, I was thinking,
1: why, why are they so scary? Perhaps Satan? because <laughs> um, That's, that's always the answer. That's my answer for anything. <laughs> why is the world so scary right now? Perhaps Satan. Perhaps Satan. <laughs> um, it,
5: because the, the look of them definitely invokes the, uh, sort of, um, things that have been attributed to uh, the devil, like the big horns and the hooves. Yeah. And uh, just even the way it just stands with it, you know, hulking forward and with the, especially too with the skeletal face, Uh, something weird about it, which also adds to its creepy factor is the fact that it has being sheep based. It has flat teeth. It doesn't have sharp fangs or sharp teeth. And we know that, obviously, it's a carnivore. So just the thought of being bitten by or being eaten by something with flat teeth is just um, something I don't want to think about, uh, how painful (laughs) that would be. Uh Um, But uh, but going back to the face, too, the fact that it has that skeletal structure uh, to the face and with the idea of um, it, again, with the sulfur... Uh, coming from the real world cryptid and then also the legendary ones. Well, actually, after they mutate, they'll get a glowing red chest, almost like they have like hellfire (laughs) growing inside of them. (laughs) Yeah. And they also um, have the the sounds that they make, too, are just horribly terrifying. Uh, The long, drawn-out moaning and it sounds almost sad. In its anger, like it has a, almost a, like a like a melancholy tone to it as it's screaming out. But as far as gameplay, they are have exceptionally high levels of HP. So they tend to be very bullet spongy. They take a lot of damage and they're very versatile in the way that they can attack you as well, because they have close range attacks. They can ram. They can swipe at you. Uh, but they also have their quills that they can actually jump. They jump into the, uh, onto the ground and shoot their quills out. So even if you think you're going to be sneaky and you're going to you know, uh, get some distance on them will try to snipe it from far away, it's still going to be hitting you with its quills and doing an, you know, an area of damage attack. Uh, additionally, and this is kind of the grosser aspect of them, they'll throw pieces of their fur soaked in their urine. And that's what so they're, act- yeah, exactly. That's what they're actually throwing at you, which will actually cause you to take um to become poisoned. So um, they have you know quite a lot of different ways in which they can attack. Um, but despite the fact that they don't actually do a terrible amount of damage, they do. They're one of the creatures that can actually debuff your player because they. Uh, stagger you, which causes a fifty percent decrease to movement speed and also decreases your ranged accuracy so they can be a very um especially if you're going up against one as a lower level player they can be extremely um hard to take down. The other thing too is that they can't um become permanently crippled, so even if you were to cripple their head or cripple their one of their legs they Well, be staggered for a moment but then they'll still be able to uh run they'll still be able to move uh, shake it off exactly they essentially just just shake it off yeah um and going back to the you know devil you know demonistic nature to the way that they look in the um free range event when you get to the end of that event, there's a guaranteed spawn of a uh, of a sheep squatch, and sometimes even two, and they actually crawl out of the ground, similar to the way that the death claw on Death Claw Island crawls out of the ground. Right. So again, it kind of feeds into that whole motif of them, you know, rising they're from emerging, hell.
1: Exactly, they're emerging
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. from underground, <laughs> and um, going to with the uh, with the lore, um, you come across the uh what's his name here um uh, calvin van lo who was a a bit of a, a cryptid um uh enthusiast and he was trying to track down a sheep squatch and he was actually the creator of what you cross in the event uh in encry- um yeah encrypted uh which you come across the imposter sheep squatch which isn't I'm kind of cheating here, kind of including a different thing because it is right. actually a cheap squat is sheep squatch. It's actually an assaultron, which they can be bad enough as they are, but it's a sheep squatch that's pretty much cosplaying as I mean a <laughs> assaultron that's cosplaying as a sheep squatch. And it's actually called Mary's Little Lamb. And it's again very deceptive because this thing is a terrible thing to come across, because it usually is invisible. And it also is completely immune to any attacks until you complete the sequence of the events in the, uh, during the encrypted event to uh, power up the pylons, which disables its invincibility and its invulnerability. Right. And there's a whole uh, quest
1: line that that you go through in order to find it and track it down. Exactly. Yeah.
5: And the interesting thing about it was he, he originally was creating it, uh, in order to, as sort of like a corporate espionage, uh, thing to bring down one of the other companies and also lower the market value of one of the areas in the game. Uh, This is all obviously pre-war, but he ended up taking over the project and trying to create the imposter Sheep Squatch in order to find and hunt down Sheep Squatch. And it ended up turning on him because uh, during a a programming mishap, the imposter Sheep Squatch actually killed him so it really backfired on him um but the 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 other really interesting thing too is we're talking about how intimidating super mutants can be you can actually come across a random event or random encounter rather where you come across an injured super mutant who will actually have in his when he dies on his inventory he'll have the mysterious quills that come from the attack of the sheep squad shooting at the mm. quills. And uh, there's different lines of dialogue, he'll say, but one of the lines of dialogue says he'll say, why sheep, why sheep,
1: and then he dies. <laughs> That's great. I haven't found that.
5: Yeah, it's, it's That's really awesome. interesting. I love those um, little details. Yeah, exactly. And anything that terrifies a super mutant, you know, is pretty nasty. Yes.
8: <laughs> why sheep? <laughs>
5: <laughs> why
1: is she <laughs> that's so good oh um, man yeah that's a, that's a lot of good stuff uh, anybody who hasn't played 76 that's uh one of the fun parts uh, there's a bunch of fun little quest lines you can go on and this is one of the ones that where you like as you dig into it you're like oh 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 <laughs> okay yeah it's
5: very interesting the detail all the details it goes into and you know the idea of you know the different companies vying for control of the area and trying to uh use assaultrons to take on the rival company's uh robots and as i said before it certainly backfired on the creator <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally well very cool so um what are you bringing for your invented creature okay so i'm going back to new orleans which uh this creature could also be in any fallout location as it's uh, coastal which i had uh when i was going through kind of a, a list of a couple ideas of um New creatures or animals that could be in the New Orleans area I had mentioned being somewhat freaked out by pelicans. Uh, so I decided mm-hmm. to go with a mutated pelican.: yeah, And pelicans
1: are weird. living in Florida, there's pelicans all over the place, especially when you get close to the coast. Yeah, they're very their strange. necks can bulge out, and like if you ever watch them dive and scoop up a bunch of water to get the fish out, and their necks get real big and yeah. Yeah, they're Weird
5: they're birds. very they're very strange, and the the strange thing too is that we haven't had a, similar to how we were talking about cats uh, before, and the lack of cats, we haven't had a lot of birds. You can see birds in the sky in various different games. You can see them in New Vegas. You can see them in um, Fallout Three, and um, Call it four. There are gulls. There's rad gulls, which are actually referenced by various different characters. And we've seen also chickens in some of the games as well. Uh there was cut content. There was actually going to be um at least uh there was concept art, not cut content, but concept art of rad storks, which were mm. these, you know, giant irradiated, mutated storks that seemed like they actually were going to be something that was hostile that you could actually Attack, or would attack you, and the only other thing also relating back to talking about the institute and the created animals, there was the Watcher Initiative, which some of the crows that you actually come across in um, in Fallout 4 are actually synths that are being used by the institute in order to spy on you and spy on uh, different uh, different creatures, um, or different events rather in the in the area. And but back to the pelicans. So the way I kind of thought about this was I was thinking about the way they would function as far as gameplay, like the way that they would attack the things they could do. Yeah. yeah. And I thought about that neck. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and I love animals. I get along with animals. But for some reason, me and birds have just never gotten along. I've been attacked by more birds than I can even think of. I was chased by a flock of of peacocks in Scotland. Um, I've had strange experiences with birds. But also the other thing about birds is how they kind of are like modern day dinosaurs. They're the closest thing in the way that they act, the way that they behave to right. dinosaurs. And I have a personal fear of the very specific personal fear of plesiosaurs. Oh, that's, that, that is that is very specific. It's very specific, yes. Um, which, going back to the, my whole obsession with cryptids, I'm actually obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster. So, right. um, it's kind of strange that I'm obsessed with something I'm also afraid of. But, anyway. <laughs> um, how it works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But pelicans have that long neck. And I was thinking about the way that they could use that as an attack. And that it could actually be a sort of ranged melee where you're standing <laughs> far, far enough away from them that you think you're out of their range, but then they snap that neck out and they can either attack you with their, with their beak or they can actually maybe even grab you and pull you closer to them so that they could do more damage. Um, additionally, they have the... Um, what is it called? It's called a, a neck... Um, oh, I forget what it's called. It's a... Uh, they have like a like a section of their beak and their neck where they can actually store water. Yeah, it
1: extends out like it fills exactly.
5: up. Exactly. Yeah, right. it fills up like a little bag. Yep.
1: And yeah, they, that's the part that I always think about.
5: Yeah, and it's and it's kind of freaky too because they can actually like you were saying they can scoop up fish and sort of keep them in there like for a snack for later. Right. <laughs> it's just fish just swimming around inside their inside their you know gullet and you know getting ready to get get chewed up and eaten. Um but I was thinking too that they could use that to sort of uh hold on to water and sort of spit water or splash water on you to do additional radiation damage because obviously the water itself would yeah. be irradiated. Yeah. Um but also thinking about like potential fallout locations and stuff and talking about New Orleans or talking about any coastal areas using water they're they're very powerful swimmers so using water almost as an attack itself i was thinking if it's a new game and there's new new mechanics and new uh gameplay possibilities if they could actually grab you similar to the way a deathclaw does they actually grab you pick you up and drop you in water
1: mm. yeah um yeah, and like fly w- you over over the ground or over the water somewhere and then Drop you exactly, out. or yeah. if
5: they drop you on the ground, you know, doing fall damage. Sure. Uh, hopefully, you're wearing power armor so you don't take that fall damage. Um, but also, Because have to be big pelicans. Yeah. Well, that that was the next thing I was going to say was I was thinking size wise because we've seen birds that are very similar to the size they are now, if not exactly the same, and they just look a little, you know, sickly. They just look. Slightly mutated, but they don't really look that different. But if this is going to be like a creature that attacks, it would probably have to be bigger. So I was thinking, the only flying creatures that we have are really the uh, scorch beasts that you know fly around, and we fight them in seventy six. But if these were flying enemies, they'd have to be somewhat somewhat bigger. So I was thinking, smaller than a scorch beast, maybe around the size of like a Mothman, mm-hmm. and that they that way they'd be big enough because Pelicans are actually one of the heaviest of all flying birds. So they're already pretty big, but, you know, with FEV and radiation and all that, you know, they would um, be even bigger to the point where they could pick you up. And they also tend to go in flocks. So sometimes they're in groups and flocks of, uh, of, of up to four. So if you were being attacked by four of these creatures at once and they're, you know, pulling you in different directions, picking you up, dropping you. Additionally too, they could, um, they could drop rocks on you. So <laughs> yep. if they pick things up, you know, <laughs> you think, you think you're safe, they fly away from you. And all of a sudden they just start barreling back at you, dropping rocks on your head.
1: Right. Anyway, or a giant one that picks up a car and drops it and then it
5: explodes. Oh God.
1: It
5: was it, this just because this adds extra flavor to how creepy they are. Even in real life, it's called a throat pouch. Throat pouch. Yeah, throat pouch. So, you know, they water and, you know, splash it at you and do that, do that extra radiated damage. But I think that, uh, you know, since we've only so far had one flying creature in Fallout games, I think it'd be really cool to, you know, get some, get some bird action because birds can be very vicious.
1: So, yeah, you could have like a, um, oh, the uh, scorched uh, beast queen versus a giant pelican fight (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i want to do videos on youtube where i spawn them both into the same map and see which one wins yeah well it it would also it would also make sense
5: pelicans being more aggressive because they're actually known for being extremely protective especially Mm. of their eggs of their nests uh where you know they they're mainly known for eating fish but they eat Amphibians. They even eat turtles. They've even been known to eat um, mammals. So they will attack pretty much anything and eat it, even if it's outside of their their normal diet. So if they see a vault dweller walking around with their bright blue suit, they might think that that's a nice uh, blue wrapped little (laughs) gift of a
1: a snack snack for them to have. Nice snack. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some discussion in the uh, the chat portion of our of our Discord about like being eaten and cutting yourself out. The neck pouch. Um, awesome. Well, let's open this up to everybody else. Guys, do you have any thoughts on this? Aperture?
2: Yeah, uh, this is a weird thought that just popped into my head, but do you think that it would be appetizing if you managed to actually kill one? Do you think it would um, be appetizing to, to feed your little people there giant mutated pelican? Is pelican something you can eat?
1: I know. I don't think people generally eat Pelican tastes like chicken. Women <laughs> on fire types in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> Giant chicken. You know, well, it's funny. Uh, so, growing up, I Pelican. just have to tell the story real quick. Growing up in Florida, you're at the beach, there's pelicans at the beach, there's lots of tourists. And there was a time when I was a kid at the beach, and no joke, the people next to us were from somewhere else. And the lady yells, uh, Look, honey, turkeys. <laughs> Points out <at> the pelicans. <laughs> I was like, what? That's not a turkey. (laughs) Where are you from? Those are some weird looking turkeys. Those are some weird turkeys. They're not turkeys.
5: Yeah. Well, Hmm. I think um, when it comes to like uh, seabirds, birds birds that, you know, swim a lot and eat a lot of uh, sea life, um, they're usually pretty heavily diseased. They carry a lot more um parasites and different things like that so i think that's why we usually don't eat seabirds makes sense
2: we don't want little jimmy getting the uh, sea pelican yeah. the Go sea ahead. pelican flu
1: yep you don't want that anyone else any any thoughts on either of these topics true dog yeah.
10: I think that Pelican, a radiated mutant Pelican, would still be better than 200-year-old canned food or, you know, snacks or something like that. So, I think it'd be okay. It wouldn't be too bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you cook it enough or, you know, sure there's ways to prepare pretty much any sort of meat, right? It may not be the most appetizing thing, but at least you could eat it.
2: Well, an omelet. I mean, if you can eat a Deathclaw egg, you could probably eat a Pelican egg.
5: There you go. Yeah, yeah, but then you have to get one of those eggs. That's the, that's going to be the hard part. Because like I that's said, they're protective tr- of their
1: eggs.
2: That's why it's only a treat for special occasions.
1: I'm still picturing the getting like swallowed up by the giant pelican and then cutting your way out. Like, can you imagine the animation in game for that? Like, all of a sudden you just like gulp. It just gobbles you into its mouth and it goes dark, and then you're just like stuck in there. And so you start shooting or hitting or chopping or whatever until you break a hole open in the Pouch, but by then maybe you're like up in the air and then you fall out. <laughs> and it's like you're like look, watching yourself fall away from this flying giant pelican and then hit the ground. Another thing
4: that I kind of want to mention is the Assaultron who um attacked its owner based on a code error uh that pretends it's a she- sheep squatch. I cannot know mm-hmm. that word. Uh, yep. it's interesting to hear that because. There was a mod I had for Fallout 4 that made Assaultrons randomly turn. So, like, the one in Good Neighbor would randomly turn on Good Neighbor because of a code in their error where they believe that it's inferior, like humans and all that, they believe they're inferior and easily able to be killed. Oh, wow. if that meant that, like, if it taught it was... Uh, it's human was being inferior or whatever, it would turn and you'd have a quest to try and save them. Uh, but what I find interesting about that is looking back at code myself, because I'm kind of a big modder, so I have to look into code, to sort out certain things. I found that Cleo and Ola does have that command in her code database. Huh. So, it is written into the Assault Tronco database to do that. It's just a nullified command.
5: Huh. Interesting. So, talking about the, uh, the coding error that killed Calvin Va- Van Lowe, the creator of the imposter Sheep Squatch, um, without going into detail, the thing that he was trying to program into it was actually a Sheep Squatch mating ritual. And that was when it killed him. So I really don't want to think about exactly how it killed him, but it could not have been pleasant.
8: Well, it'd just be like Fisto. <laughs> Please hmm. assume position. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, oh, cool. Well, anybody else have any other thoughts? Noonamer? Maybe not. Oh,
5: um, no, no. No, uh, okay. no that's uh, No, pretty much covered everything.
1: Cool. All right. Well, let's move on, and uh, we're moving on to Soybean. Soybean, how's it going?
6: Hello. I'm talking about
1: a cryptid as well. Nice. Cryptids are great.
6: All right. So I'm talking about the Mothman, because Mothman is my favorite thing about 76. Um. My character within '76 is a cult of the Mothman member, Heck and yeah. has, has their camp right next to Point Pleasant. Um, so, with Mothman uh, in '76, it's obviously a call to the uh, "quote unquote" real life Moth Mothman of um, West Virginia that originally was seen in the mid 1960s and it's generally known as a like harbinger of of death and despair and and bad things to happen all around um with the most popular being in that mid uh 60s the bridge the silver bridge collapsing near point pleasant that resulted in Like, I think it was like 57 or 67 deaths.
1: Yeah, Uh, it was like a tragic event that was supposedly predicted by mysterious events and all sorts of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: And so, um, obviously, with the game taking place in West Virginia, they wanted to get one of the most popular cryptids in there, Mothman. Um, Within... The game. There is more than one Mothman, uh, which, like, depending on what you believe, uh, of course, in real life there's, quote unquote, <laughs> like, like one Mothman, but also some people believe there are multiple. Um, within the game, there are different variants. Uh, I saw someone say, "Is it true there are friendly ones?" Yes. Um, there's a specific one. Yes, the Wise Mothman, where. Um, It happens in the landlocked lighthouse. You do a um, timed event that will occasionally pop up there. That's called the path to enlightenment. And you Mm. summon him with the big lamp, (laughs) (laughs) big lamp Um, and kill a bunch of uh, glow flies, fireflies. And um, he gives you a, uh, five percent i think five percent xp bonus for an hour
1: <laughs> uh, i haven't i haven't done that one i, I came across a wise Mith, mothman i said man, mothman in the wild uh my wife yes, and i did the first time i came across one and um i ended up fighting it <laughs> we oh, We're no. freaked out well it was like following us we kept turning around and like seeing it like disappear and then reappear behind like bushes and trees ah. and, stuff. and we were like what is that and this is like really early on when the game first came out and um. Ended up, you know, shooting at it because we're like, there's something over there following us. It's creepy. And ended up killing it and then discovered it was a wise mothman. But, yeah.
6: Mm. That was so, it had, first the, encounter. it had the purple eyes then.
1: Yeah. Yep.
6: Okay. Yeah. All the wise mothmen have purple eyes. And that that's the thing. So, all these mothmen pretty much have some variation to it that makes it stick out. So, there's, yes, the wise mothman with the purple eyes. Um, the Stalking Mothman, which has like the traditional red eyes, and they'll just kind of like follow you around or they'll watch you from a distance. And then, as soon as like you attack, they'll pretty much zoom off straight up into the sky. Yeah, they with, just like, like a take patch. off.
1: They just, whoo, yeah, gone. it's like a
6: rocket or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, straight up, just whoo.
6: and then the puff of black smoke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really disturbing the first time you see it because you're like, how am I supposed to fight that? (laughs) You're just like,
6: what? Oh, definitely. Yeah, Uh, that's when uh, you can really only fight the ones that want to fight, which are the uh, vengeful Mothmen, and they're more of a chalky gray instead of like a dark gray, and they have orange eyes, and those will come at you. They're aggressive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There's usually, of course, it's a random encounter. But um, in the Queen of the Hunt like daily quest, you have a chance of coming across one and um, fighting it through that. And Queen of the Hunt being the uh, daily quest line that happens in the fire, where it's uh, a lady, I forget her name, I want to say like a Judy or something, <laughs> and she has a terminal that... Will set up a daily kind of hunt for various cryptids in the area.
1: Yes, um, right. I, I can't remember her name either, but yes, that Terminal. Remember yes. Where that is? Yeah.
6: Um, there's also a glowing variant of Mothmen, which is like all the other glowing type creatures where it's a black with the green eyes.
8: Mm hmm. Super creepy.
6: Yeah, I love the look. I wish I could <laughs> see it more often. Um, there's even a scorched variant, which uh, all the scorched variant things are nasty. I don't like them pink fleshy.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, they <laughs> kind look of bodies. like really messed up looking. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And so there's a chance during the scorched earth event when you launch uh, the nuke at, um, was it the Alpha site or Fisher site? Alpha, or it's it's the one um, that starts the Scorch Queen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's Alpha, right? It's been a while. I haven't done that in a
6: while. <laughs> yeah, I don't do uh nuke launches very often. Yeah, I don't either. But yeah, Um when you're fighting the Scorch Queen, there's a chance that a scorched Mothman will be yep. there as well.
1: Yep, I've seen that before. Yeah, it, and it's creepy. It's weird because it's got that weird fleshy, cool-looking, yeah. like, burned kind of scorched skin. I don't know the way to describe it, but you guys know what it looks like when you see it. It's like, oh, yeah.
6: Yeah, uh, not a fan. <laughs> I love Mothman, <laughs> but not a fan of that. <laughs> um, other than that, I find really just the lore surrounding it within game very fascinating uh, regarding the Cult of the Mothman. I'm really excited for Wastelanders bringing in more stuff with Cult of the Mothman. Yes. And yeah. um with that uh one of the things within the game is that apparently the cult had like communed with the mothman pre-war and mothman had prophesized that there was going to be a flood in the area <laughs> and uh, as we know one eventually happens uh in um charlestown or charleston and uh back when the raiders destroyed uh, the summersville dam. So I mean, he's yeah. a little off in time, but it happened eventually.
1: <laughs> I mean, Eventually. It's like any good psychic, you know, like yeah, you make say. a broad enough prediction eventually it comes true.
6: Yeah. And cool. uh that's about it for Mothman for me. Yeah.
1: I like I like Mothman stuff. I I think it's it's really fun like the cryptid variant and yeah. uh, different kinds of them and uh, the fact that they just don't aren't super common like a few of the other enemies in the game that they only pop up every so often. And it's very rare. I think that's a really cool addition to a game. So what are you bringing for? Like your are invented made up creature.
6: Okay. So not necessarily invented, but I think werewolves would be really cool in, in fallout, uh, going along another like kind of cryptid angle, but, uh, more along the lines of like something that we know as a cryptid, but um within the game is just a you know, mutated animal and it would be just literally like FEV mutated wolf that like
1: a super mutant wolf.
6: Yeah, like a super mutant wolf right. basically.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
6: mentally it's still just a wolf. It it does packs, it stays in like dens, it doesn't talk or anything. But they're just huge, and they kind of hulch up to the point where they look like they're standing on two legs, or sometimes will stand on two legs, and um, in which case, like like the hunting impacts and being giant is is terrifying. Like as we like the death claws, that's that's real spooky. Once you see more than one death more more than one death claw in an area, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I would imagine that being that they are like the biggest of the wolves, that they would gather a large pack together who would look to them as like the pack leader.
6: Yeah, and, and have even yeah. smaller wolves with them too.
1: Right, Right. so you might come across a small pack of wolves, but then later realize that it's only part of a bigger pack nearby, and then, oh my God, look at that thing.
8: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool. Very, very cool. All right, well, let's open this up to everybody else. Guys, do you have any thoughts on... Any of these ones, new, new number?
5: I'm I'm in the Mothman club as well. I love the Mothman. Um, just a brief anecdote about my experience with uh, the Path to Enlightenment. That's a quest that there's two quests. I will drop anything I'm doing at the time to complete. It's that and feed the people because they both give you XP boosts. So. They're very useful, but the path to enlightenment, the funny thing about that is if you're playing it with people, like if just random people join the event, when the wise mothman is summoned at the end of the event, sometimes they'll assume that he's a um, hostile mothman, they'll start attacking it, and I'll start, if I'm on mic, I'll start trying to say, no, no, he's a good guy, he's one of my friends. Or I'll start like emoting like crazy, saying, no, no, and trying to do hearts at him and stuff and so what i'll actually do is i'll be the bodyguard for the mothman and i'll jump in front if they're shooting i'll jump in front and take the bullets so that i they're attacking me so that i can attack them back
1: without getting a oh, no.
5: level so i will <laughs> i will protect that mothman because he's a good boy and he gives us a boys good- boys a boost <laughs> and he's awesome so he's a, I, he's I love a good, good boy yeah, and for the first, um, I don't know, first half of since the game's been out, I almost always wore the uh, cultist out- outfit. I've recently changed, but I, that was my go-to outfit for the longest time, just because the whole cult of the Mothman stuff is uh, fascinating. So I can't can't wait for that to get further expanded in Wastelanders.
1: Yeah, and every so often you have to wash your clothes. Yeah, I guess can't <laughs> just wear the same outfit. You can't like not a cartoon character. You can't just wear the same outfit every day. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the Mothman stuff. Anybody else want to chime in about Mothman or werewolf? Werewolf ideas?
2: I mean, a werewolf would be absolutely terrifying. Like, you'd have to actually start to track your date in your Pip-Boy. Um, which would get a little annoying because if you forgot about it, like, oh, all of a sudden I've lost control of my character.
1: Like now like I'm if the werewolf in the game was it was it worked like a werewolf where like if you got bit, you would turn into one as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I don't know what you're talking all talking about this mothman. My only experience with him is when I'm lying down on my bunk and I have these terrible nightmares about a bridge collapsing, (laughs) bright, bright pops of color in the water. It's it's horrible.
1: Mm -hmm. Or are we riding on a, on a road late at night and you see those two eyes in the distance and then that night you get those dreams. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) No, those ones aren't dreams.
1: (laughs) (laughs) True Doug. Did you have something?
10: Well, I was going to say, I've learned so much about the Mothman just sitting here and listening. I, I only knew that there was one variant from my experience, but apparently there seems like a whole bunch of different types that uh, have different roles in the game. So that's really
1: cool. Um, yeah, funny. and they're all very rare.
4: My only experience with them, besides some like, attacking the legendary vendor was one appeared outside my camp on Halloween night. And I was playing with Ken and his group at the time, and literally I went there's a mothman outside. Why don't you come kill it before I go get the bug spray? And then proceeded to walk out my back door and continue walking until it left me alone, which it followed me down two mountains and across a river. Yeah, so they're I think creepy I like that. Obviously wanted to say something to me.
1: Yeah, they're 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 definitely creepy. Like sometimes they'll be following you for longer than you know, and then you and then you finally notice them and you're like, what what is that over there?
10: They attract camp is that one of the um ways to spawn them in and get them uh, once you I don't start know. The city in and using the generators they, they come and well, check you out i don't know i mean I... the
4: location of my camp because the location of my camp is literally in the middle of a road or it was before i moved it now it's off the side of a cliff and looks like a warehouse but it was yeah. in the middle of a road and there was a spawn point where i had my santatron for the christmas event and it's like up a small hill and always, without fail, every time you log into the camp, there will be super mutants, scorched, or cryptids up there. Like I had a grafting monster attack my base. I was just kind of sitting there like, nope, and server hopped until I didn't have a grafting monster attacking my base, which was mm-hmm. four times. Yeah, I don't know the uh,
1: the coding, uh, whatever the plan is, that determines where and when th- certain things here like i would assume something like a mothman can appear anywhere but i don't know maybe there's certain places where it's it appears more and i don't know that it they're necessarily attracted to lights otherwise it would be common for people to be like yeah once i built my camp then all of a sudden i started seeing them more often but i haven't heard of anything like that
10: that makes sense i guess um well for the werewolves too uh uh, i've always kind of not resentful of it i'm glad they've added vampires to fallout 3 but i think it would have been cool to have a Society of werewolves, similar to the um, can't remember the exact name, but the vampires in Fallout three that live in the mm-hmm. uh, around there. That was something, yeah. To be cool. To be.
5: yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. All right, anyone else? New number, yeah, just about the werewolf um, idea. I, in, in something like 76, you have uh, mutations, and if they ever added something like that into 76, that'd be interesting because rather than it being that you necessarily transform into a werewolf, like in like Skyrim or something like that. It could be more of, you know, like a passive buff and debuff that you get if you, if you get attacked, you know, by a werewolf and it gives you some sort of like melee increase or speed increase or something, something along those lines.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, um, like one of the other mutations where you like, you can jump higher or you can run faster, but like, this would be like werewolf mutation. And you could cure be, it or not. That kind of
10: thing. Like every time the night shows up, you have that kind of buff, or could it even be time based so that your clock actually keeps track? Like once a month you're the most powerful you could possibly be because of this mutation?
1: Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy if it was like if it was that rare, but but it only came up. But then like anyone who had it would be overpowered like on that night it could like ne- could be a real negative
10: the whole rest of the month like you you have a uh, damage decreases or even speed decreases but that one night that it kicks in you know now you can actually play and have a, a full move that w-
2: that would make an amazing community event like you know right. hunt down the uh hunt the down hunt. the werewolf but the werewolf is another player
1: right the hunt the hunt yeah, that'd be crazy very cool well thanks so we mean that was those are some fun ideas. All right. Uh, time to move on. Woman and child on fire.
8: Hey, Hey,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys bringing? I, I, did you, did I hear you that you have some sort of something else with it as well? Like, uh, okay. well, images? Or?
0: Oh yeah. Well, uh, we've got a picture that we're going to share, uh, once we get to that um, But we're going to start off talking about the uh, bullet sponges known as Meyer lurks,
8: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: which, um, according to the wiki, um, have the dubious distinction, that's a quote, <laughs> um, of being one of the very first mutants to emerge because um, it, um, smaller versions of them were created before the war um, because of all of the pollution that corporations were dumping into lakes and Everywhere. And then uh, once the bombs fell um, and the water became so irradiated, um, that's what caused them to and monstrosities that they are.
1: You're kind of dropping out a little bit. Oh, I don't know if you speak a little bit louder or if it'll if it'll help or just closer to the mic.
7: Are you able to hear me? Yeah. Better?
1: So so companies were irradiate basically polluting the water, and that's what created like smaller versions of Lurks.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then. They Grew to giant uh, blah, blah, giant size once uh, the bombs fell in the water. Uh, gotcha. And there was there were a lot of um, organizations trying to warn uh, people about what was happening before the war started. Um, and the only the only real response to that was just to get excited about the upcoming shellfish season and how great that was going <laughs> to be. Um, <laughs> except of course. <laughs> Yeah, except that, the, and it, it points this out in the wiki, too, that uh, it, the, the news stories didn't uh, mention that the massive increase in size that they were already seeing meant that uh, the food supply would run out and the whole uh, colony would collapse.
8: Hmm.
0: Interesting. So, um, there's uh, it, what, One of the things that's kind of interesting, I, I think, about Myrlerks, too, is just how many different um, variations
1: of them. Yeah, wow. how many are there? I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm sure you have like I the know. wiki open. Do you have I a list there?
0: Do you have it
1: open?
0: 133. Back, <laughs> 133? Think. No, that's not true. He's just <laughs> making up numbers. Let me see. Uh oh my gosh. 20.
1: Wow. That's yeah, that's more than oh. I could I could think through in my head. It's so yeah. almost 133.
0: It yeah. <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> That's well, only fun. for the Fallout 4 listing, because um, that also doesn't include things like Swamp Lurks and Lake Lurks. Um, if, yeah. I go, yeah, right. if I go back further, because they are in all the games and uh, DLC and, um, and everything, too. Every, every single version has their own different variation on Meyer lurks
1: yeah now I wonder if that's because they were common like I wonder if that was a gameplay decision to just make a lot of variants or if that's more of like a lore decision in that uh you know shellfish are a simple form of life so they could have mutated quickly into all sorts of different variations
0: one of the things I uh, mentioned in the wiki is that um, a lot of the Meyer lurks are basically um they they kind of merged from different species um that this wouldn't really happen in real life because they're coming from different, not just different species, but even different phylums. So um, uh, the the one it calls out is the crab um, which is actually merged from Atlantic horseshoe crab and the Atlantic blue crab. Um, so it becomes something completely different, which mm. really happened.
8: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but yeah, I mean, there's shellfish everywhere, so it does make sense. And, you know, whether they're based on crabs or lobsters or crayfish or shrimp or whatever, I mean, they're going to turn up everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the water's going to be irradiated. You're just going to end up with a bunch of funny, weird variations on those types of creatures.
0: And it makes sense, too, that these uh, corporations were completely out of control. Yes. Every yeah. single body of water.
7: That's Water's Not Garbage Cans.
1: What, what was that?
7: I didn't catch what did you say? Waters are not garbage garbage the cans. But water's
1: not garbage water cans. Not garbage cans. <laughs> yes. Yes. If only we can get all the companies in this world to to figure Good that out. Good luck
0: with that. Good luck with that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, but for um, Pure Terror though, um, I had to call out like the Meyerler Queen uh, with her mm. absolute barrage of different attacks and uh ran into my sad little level 25 self ran into the other day in uh in uh six and i don't think you've ever seen me <laughs> jump out of a place quite so quickly <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah she's pretty big she's, she's a big she's a, a big one a big lady we'll call her
0: and she's got the acid and then she shoots her eggs and the hatchlings at you and just she Jesus. it's pretty,
1: What a good yeah. mom, you know?
0: <laughs> I just flee my children at you.
1: Throwing her children.
7: <laughs> well well I will like say really I bite. I bite. I
1: know you bite. <laughs> cool. Yeah, My have are always a a difficult enemy because they have so much damage resistance everywhere except for like their little face you got to get the uh, bolts yeah, so right in there.
0: It, if you can't hit the face, you're going to have fuck. If you can get it to turn around and face you.
1: Yeah. Totally. All right. So what do you bring in for your invented, you know, creature you okay, so want to add?
0: This is where um, Kino's going to take over. Are you ready to talk about it? Okay. Go for it.
7: Uh, so they're called Meyercats.
8: Meyercats
1: All right. What's a Meyercat?
0: Put up the picture. So yeah, we I, well, I'm see. going to, but go ahead and keep talking, okay?
7: They're yeah,
1: ex- describe it.
0: They're experimental
7: creatures. Like, started out as house cats, some scientists' pet projects, created in a similar way of centaurs.
8: Okay. Thrown
7: together with FEV to see what could what would happen.
1: Nice. Nice, so, and yeah, you just so. shared the picture in the chat. I'm gonna to have to share this on on Twitter <laughs> so other people can see your Meyer cat. Yeah, I see. Uh, it's funny. It's fun how all of these ideas are kind of coming together. We had cats, we had centaurs, and now we've got you know myer Yeah, uh, as, uh, as Meyer people were cats. talking
0: about it, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is actually kind of how we were approaching that because the idea was just that some scientist uh, was just messing around with FEV to see kind of what would happen, and uh, so during during that um, they mixed in some octopus. With the cat.
1: Yeah, it and looks then, like tentacles, like coming yeah. out of its head. And yes. like the tail is like a tentacle, also.
0: Yeah, and there was no intention to, you know, release this. It was just scientists screwing around to see what happened, as it so often is in uh, Fallout. <laughs> but then when the bombs fell, uh, the uh creatures the, got released. Uh, radiation
7: made the octopus DNA.
0: Uh, and then just like with the regular Meyer-lurks, um the radiation caused them to grow and to about a human size.
1: Right. Okay. So these are like human sized. Now can you yeah. imagine the intelligence of a cat, like the ability of a cat to stalk its prey and be quiet? Are, with with the intelligence small. of like an octopus added together. Right. Oct- octopi. Octopods yeah. are, are are smart. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah.
7: yeah, they these guys are very smart. Well not very, but they are they're pretty smart. They do normally will live in groups. And they will if they hear you they will try to make kind of make like a game plan i guess is the way to say it. and they'll try to do mm-hmm. with their attack
0: so they're very stealthy that was yeah. what we discussed so they live in the in the really swampy areas so maybe like point lookout um like murkwater uh down south of quincy that kind of area yeah yeah then they've got a number of different attacks they can use. So their tentacles help them to reel the prey in and hold them in place.
7: Or uh, like alligators, they'll, they'll try, if, they're, if you're in water, they'll try to reel you down with them.
0: So they'll pull you and hold oh. you down underwater to either drown you or slowly irradiate you.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I can imagine one of these, like the head just kind of peeking out on the top of the water. And then Hello? you step too close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You step too close and all of a sudden those tentacles go around your leg and just you get pulled in. That's
7: actually exactly exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. All right, let's open this up to everybody else. Guys, what do you think about the uh Meyer cat or Meyer Lurks (laughs) in general? Would
8: they be edible? (laughs)
1: <laughs> what would it be? Animal? Is that what you? Do? Would it be? Would it be edible? Edible. I was <laughs> like, would it be animal? Oh, yes. It's an animal. Would it be edible? actually
0: well, eat cat and you can certainly eat octopus, so I don't see why not.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah radiation. Just
0: very, yeah, well, slimy. You cook the radiation out of all the
7: animals anyway, supposedly. <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: Similar to you saying it was octopus related, would it have the kind of way that octopuses do where it has a small but dense bone structure in the center of it so it can fit through small spaces? So it's kind of squishy? Question.
0: What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going with yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, would it have more of like a cat mouth or like a beak? Would it have like a, like an octopus
7: more a, it, it has more is? of a muzzle. It has a muzzle.
0: It's more of a cat oh, okay. mouth. Okay,
10: it's
1: more of a cat yeah. mouth. Got it.
10: I was wondering that. Is this more of like something you'd find around the ocean, or are they able to travel across land and maybe hunt a little bit broader?
0: We're thinking that they stick mostly into kind of swampy areas. So water, yet land. Yeah, so mm. where, where the water kind of meets the land, that kind
1: of So it doesn't hate area. the water like a cat normally that, would? Where, no, it's definitely well, adapted
0: to
7: water. It really likes to hunt with water because they try to drown you or radiate you, so... Like cool. water, but they like land.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. All right, well, very cool ideas. Um, do you guys want to add anything else before we move on?
6: Hello, I am currently working on fan art.
1: <laughs> oh no, oh, that's great.
6: Oh, it'll Meyer it'll Cat. be done in I'm half trying. an hour. <laughs> oh man, real. maybe we
1: should make T shirts with Meyercat on them.
6: Oh my God, we'll see.
1: That'd be awesome. <laughs> I.
5: Very cool.
7: But <laughs> my drawing's crazy.
5: Uh, I was gonna jump on the uh, jump on the fan train for the uh, Meyer cat because uh, the concept of a cat with tentacles is uh, quite terrifying because cats already paw at mm-hmm. pretty much everything. So You're that's right. a really good, really good <laughs> idea. And um, but also with the um, with the Meyer lurks uh, specifically with the Meyer lurk queen. Um, that's she is one of the freakiest of all in my opinion of all the fallout creatures she just looks like this like lovecraftian monstrosity and that's a good description yeah yeah the way she looks just like makes no sense it's just this like giant top heavy thing that despite the way she looks is just so you know so damaging and the the variety of attacks she has and sending out her, the myrlar hatchlings after you and everything. And one of the worst things that can happen in 76 is if you're trying to take down the, uh, the Scorch Beast queen and she decides to call in one of her fellow Queens and you're fighting a Scorch Beast queen along with all the other, you know, scorched and everything else around you. And then all of a sudden you turn around and there's a Scorch Beast, uh, not a Scorch Beast queen, but a, uh, Meyerlick queen. Jordan the Jordan. Queen, yeah. Yeah, and that is just, that just ruins your day because despite the fact that, um, you know, you're supposed to be focusing on the sky, oh. you get this giant thing that's blocking all your shots, and she's such a bullet sponge as well. So it's, yeah, that's a, that's a terrifying creature, the Queen is. Yes.
8: Yes. Yes. Woman, did you have something you were saying? It
1: looked like it lit up.
0: Did I? Oh, it might have been uh, you know here saying something. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, awesome, awesome ideas. Did you guys you guys want to wrap it up with anything? Else? Anything else? Woman or child on fire?
8: No, all done. I think
2: we I should no. uh, congratulate
8: <laughs> Child on Fire for doing a great job on his first
1: podcast. Yeah, good job. Thanks for joining hey, us.
0: Who, he's the one who created our picture here, so that's uh, that's his.
1: Promise yeah, i can
0: I do better art.
1: No, it's so it's good though. It's fun. I like it. It gets the idea across.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the eyes. It's got like these swirlies.
7: Yeah, I just scribbled uh, them in just to okay. see if I can get creepy.
1: And then like the the dripping on the teeth, like the green little end of the fangs. Venom. Yeah, he it says has that's venomous. venom. Oh yeah. There you go. Very cool. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going back to Captain Go Fast. Thank you guys for uh, for your ideas on that one. That was a lot of fun. Captain Go Fast, you're the last one up. What do you got for us?
9: Well, um, you guys are already kind of name dropped the critter that I was going to pick quite a few times. Yeah. Um, and and the first time that it was mentioned ever in the Fallout series was by Trent Bannister in Fallout One, and he. As soon as as soon as you meet him, I've never played Fallout 1, but as soon as you meet him and talk to him, it goes, big, big, these are the size of three men. Claws as long as my forearm, ripped apart, ripped apart. And uh, he's talking about Death Claws, you know. and You guys have mentioned it quite a couple times. And, um, and the reason I picked Death Claws is, for one, because um, it kind of encouraged me to check out what death claws are all about, you know, for the most part, um, I don't know. It's just been one of those critters that I've never really looked into of how they became to be and where they came from and yada yada. and, and how many different variants there are. It was kind of incredible. And, um, so this was kind of new information to me, but, um, quoting the fallout wiki, um, um, of course the FEV virus um, death claws were essentially FEV Jackson's chameleons um, native to East Africa and were introduced to Hawaii and Florida and certain parts of California, which is kind of cool. Cause I've seen, you know, we've all seen a thousand death claws and I have never known like, of all. I was like, what is What is this a mutant of? Is this like, you just could never tell it's, it's right. like, right completely just on some otherworldly stuff and that's cool to me to figure that out um
1: i think we honestly, hear the, I, I think uh, you hear the chimes of the chat coming through your microphone yeah so I, let me, yeah let me i don't know positive. if you can mute the channel or not but um yeah <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> <for me>. yeah. <laughs>
9: yeah so i picked death cause because um everybody i'm sure everybody here and everybody listening has some sort of story with the death claw and and they're just they're in there's so they're so like every single time like i ke- every time i think of a death call i think of uh of um the fallout new vegas dlc big mountain where you go into this uh i can't remember the location but it's basically just a cul-de-sac around this fountain in this in this uh and there's tons of missions that have you go in there and There's this little tiny death claw named Stripe. (laughs) And yeah, yeah. I see everybody's like, I hate that, that thing. (laughs) And it's, I don't know. Honestly, the reason I picked death claws is because I kind of wanted to open this up more or less to you guys. Cause I'm not really too, I don't really have too much to say regarding. um, Cause like I said, this gave me a reason to look into it myself. So more or less, I kind of want to open this up to you guys. Especially with you guys having, um, I I haven't played Fallout seventy six um, for more than thirty minutes, so I have no experience with this. And with Fallout four, I have not made it past level sixty. And I was looking up different types of death cause, and in Fallout four, there's there's a uh, chameleon death cause and uh-huh. mythic death cause, and and all these things I've never seen. Um, on top of death cause already, just kind of just being like that. That monster. Sure. So more or less, I kind of want to just open it up to you guys and just kind of like I want you guys to tell me and teach me, because yeah, because I really just don't know too much about it, and I just kind of want to hear you guys' thoughts. Honestly,
1: do you guys have like um, specific you know interesting interactions with death claws or certain types that you recall? Aperture.
2: Well, my favorite has to be Goris, the intelligent Deathclaw that becomes one of your uh,
9: companions
1: in what game
9: is that uh, two oh that's beyond me i've never spent yeah. the time on that
1: yeah most people have played four some people have played like three in new vegas but like the majority of people have played any of those games i've never played one or two
9: i've definitely so, started on three so yeah. one and two were just kind of like out of my reach at the time and
8: well <laughs> initially the uncle- go ahead
4: uh, an interesting fact about Death Claws and Fallout 4. Um, there's one Death Claw outside Virgil's cave, as we kind of all know if you've ever played Fallout 4's campaign. That Death Claw will never scale to your level. It will always be an ordinary Death Claw until you've beaten Virgil's kind of mission. When you go back, it will always appear as a level death claw that you are level to. So if you're, I think it's above level eighty, it's chameleon. Above level ninety, it's mythic stuff like that. So it will never scale until you start scaling uh, after the mission because it's supposed to be like the third or fourth death claw you're said to encounter. So they didn't want to throw in like mythics that early on. But my experience with going through the um, area that those spawning I can't remember, it's Ocean something or something like that. Um, going through there is so bad because I used to run into death and all that. So often that when I got to that thing, I liked it. I literally like just turned around and went, nope, and ran. Because I wasn't dealing with another death class absolutely yeah.
9: i'm looking at the stats right now for a mythic deathclaw and for one i haven't made it to level 91 to apparently that's when they start up but just looking at the pictures of this thing it's like i couldn't i don't have anything in my arsenal to like want to be like
4: <laughs> <all> right, <laughs> Mythics and chameleons can spawn together and actually fight and i've experienced that and it's annoying because <laughs> if you go near them they will stop fighting each other and fight you and then continue fighting each other.
2: <laughs> the friend awesome. of my friend is my enemy. Or the the,
4: the
1: enemy, enemy of, my, of my enemy is my enemy. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're, we're all enemies, <laughs> goddammit. it! <laughs> it's always, funny because um.
8: Go ahead. Oh, that's all you aperture. Um. Well, Deathclaw's um. Uh, Sorry.
2: Uh, There was actually a species of intelligent Deathclaw that uh, are completely sentient.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. in what, Fallout 2? Yeah, Fallout 2.
2: They were were created by uh, the Enclave, and they actually took over Vault 13.
1: Vault 13, Uh, yeah. You you, you dropped out for a second. So Vault 13 was the vault that your character came from in Fallout 1, and then um, it was eventually taken over by the Enclave? Is that right?
2: yeah yeah it was um raided by the enclave and then uh they dropped
1: they they dropped off the uh, intelligent death clause to basically hold the vault (laughs) yeah crazy crazy stuff sorry i didn't want to i didn't mean to jump in on top of you you kind of broken up so i wanted to at least get that out there so people could hear it Um,
2: hey it's all good you're the war master (laughs)
1: the the lore master you guys know a lot of things that i don't because there's i don't know everything and i've been i've been learning it all as i as i've been going but um there's just so much to know true dog did you have something you wanted to add in
10: uh the i always carried around a hefty amount of fragmentation mines just for deathclaws um and if i saw one i'd save the game right away and then i'd start throwing mines all over the ground because uh yeah, you got to cripple them and stop them and then they just sponge the whole time. Yeah.
8: That's probably a good tactic. I hadn't thought about doing that.
9: So what weapons would you guys prefer in a battle with the Deathclaw? Cuz it's been a while since I played Fallout 4, so I can't really relate. But I do know for some reason in Fallout 3, the sawed-off shotgun and just a, you know, average leveled Deathclaw is that's the way to do it. So, I mean, what, what's all brag mines obviously makes sense, but what are some other ones that
4: anything with a rate of fire over 205 bullets? Or, uh, or no, just,
2: you just got to get yourself a good old dart gun and hit him in the legs with the dart gun, and then the shotgun to the face, them off right good.
10: I say the <laughs> dart gun,
4: God, hit him up.
10: yeah, being able to cripple them with that and then pull out whatever your primary was is another great way to stop them
4: the syringe doesn't actually work on them which is an interesting fact because it works on most creatures if you use a bleed out syringe or anything it will do the initial damage but won't do the after effect damage and if you use the blow uh, not the blow, blow the blowfly syringes which make most characters run away their courage level is too high so they won't run away they'll just get more angry and run towards you at high speeds
2: Well, their skin is so thick, the syringe probably can't uh, penetrate it.
4: That makes sense.
10: Yeah. Oh, no one mentioned the Randy uh, Savage
1: mod for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where they all go. uh, Oh, what do they say? Uh, Oh, yeah!
4: That's it. Yep, yep. Brother. That mod does not exist in my eyes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, It's a thing. (laughs) New number, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say,
5: you know, someone who started with Fallout 1, um, you know, Death Claws, to me, didn't get really terrifying until Fallout 3. Um, they certainly were difficult and, you know, were something to certainly give you a good challenge in the first few games. But I remember my first time coming across a Death Claw in Fallout 3, and it was in um, Old Only. Um, yeah, which is all like a broken down town in um, in, uh, Fallout three. And I remember I, I wandered into the town and looking around and then all of a sudden in the distance, I saw a Deathclaw and I was like, oh no, I'm not ready for that. Cause it just seeing it again, seeing something like that, going from the isometric games and then going into Fallout three, it was such a different, different experience, you know, seeing things in first person. Yeah, and yeah. so I decided I was, I just noped out of the town. Got out of there as fast as I could and I walk right into one right as right out of the town <laughs> and he's right in my face and he starts slashing away at me and I'm, I'm just like panicking at that point trying to take him down. But after Fallout 3 so like with um really starting with Fallout 4 was when I started playing more as a sneak sniper. So my big thing with uh, with the Death Claw, starting with Fallout 4 and definitely with New Vegas. Is just take them down from a distance. Don't even let them get near you, <laughs> because especially the one of the craziest places to come across death claws too is in the glowing sea, which there's you know super high level ones and just you know all, you come across all the different variations of them out there, and you're already taking radiation damage. You're already coming across rad scorpions like crazy, and you also see them fighting a lot of other enemies out there too. So. Uh, if you're playing as a sneak sniper, you can hope to start, you know, whittling down its health while it's also fighting a rad scorpion at the same time.
1: Yeah, I always played as a sneak sniper as well, and tried to, would try to yeah whittle them down as much as I could before they even got to me. Totally. All right, Captain. Um, let, let's move on to your invention or your character creation. What what would you add to the game?
9: Oh <laughs> well, um. Oh geez. You guys had some great ones also. That Nuka Cat, the the Meyer cat was I don't even think I have anything that could come close to that, but
1: unless you um, added Nuka to it and then you have a Nuka Meyer cat.
9: Okay, well with that being yeah. said, my Nuka
1: Quantum Merit Meyer cat. <laughs>
9: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna steal that. That was a genius idea. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Um I if I was to pick something, um I honestly kind of appreciate all of the uh the insects and the critters from Fallout New Vegas, and here recently, um, I had been playing a little bit of Far Cry and kind of jumped into that. And 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 from my gameplays of Fallout, I've you know it's I remember playing as a kid and and you know the the feral ghouls would just go Wah! and sneak up behind you and smack you and just scare the crap out of you. And I was playing Far Cry and uh, snakes. Like one of the things, like just having some uh some snakes crawling around like um mm-hmm. and like getting after you. But now that I think about it, that's kind of already a thing in uh in the Nuka world. I guess there's those uh they're kind of like the mole rats, but they're like I don't know what they're called. Um they they definitely burrow. They're in that one uh that one old cowboy town in Nuka Town in Fallout. Yes, those. I, so they are worms, I guess, but essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like snakes and having like, uh, and the other one I was, I didn't have much time to prepare, but uh, I think Nunamer said birds in talking about pelicans, I thought that was kind of genius because those are in fall at New Vegas as well and they're kind of just, just there. But like how crazy would it be to actually have a flying bird coming at you like in swarms and whatnot and stuff, so. yeah Yeah, uh, it
1: presents a completely different kind of enemy especially if you had like a swarm of them because how do you combat a swarm of like small animals right like that's the problem with like the like you're talking about insects or like the idea of like a snake coming up on you it's small so you don't necessarily notice it but uh yeah or like you know (laughs) cazadors.
9: oh don't even get me started i'm never ready to (laughs) battle those guys Those dies and like the legion assassins that just pop up on you everywhere. You're never ready for them ever.
1: You never expect the Spanish (laughs) inquisition. Yeah.
9: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, I didn't have much for my own critter Um, snakes, extra insects would be kind of cool. Birds was definitely the number one, but yeah, I feel like death Claws always have like crazy Easter egg behind them or they're like hiding some crazy loot. So it just kind of seemed like they're always kind of, they're like kind of a staple. Like every time you come across a death call, you're probably about to finish a main quest or about to like get schematics for something crazy or whatnot.
1: Or you're just unlucky and you're just wandering through the environment and you're like, Oh, that
9: absolutely wrong time, wrong place is definitely a key as well.
1: Yep. Yep. For sure. Cool. Well, let's, let's finish this up by opening up with everybody And, and anybody have any thoughts about like smaller critters, you know, birds, bugs, Those kinds of things. I think
4: snakes would be interesting, especially in towards the south, where like the Nevada desert and all that is. Uh, Snakes are known to mutagen around things. So, like um, when Chernobyl blew up, snakes were known to adapt by thickening their skin and all that. So, it's not exactly uncommon for snakes to adapt in ways like that. So, who's to say that a snake didn't, when the bomb dropped, uh, snakes didn't adapt to? Um, have thicker hide and more poisonous venom it could be like a good enemy especially anacondas and all that are already massive they could grow even bigger or could grow legs or stuff like that or,
1: <laughs> yeah or or a lot of snakes would be hiding in their little hidey holes under the ground so a lot of them may survive the initial impact of a like explosive going off only to reemerge in the, you know, irradiated wastes and end up with some sort of crazy mutations and things. So totally, you, I guess you'd expect to find a lot of animals that burrow and hide underground to have survived.
5: Unimer, Yeah, I was no, just really quick. I was going to say, you know, I thought we were going to make it through this whole podcast without Cazadores being brought up. So thanks
1: for bringing them up. Now uh, nightmares. Welcome. Nightmares again. Yeah, worst, worst enemy in the Fallout games altogether. We should do a, we should do a poll about that. True dog. What do you got?
10: What I wanted to ask if, if we have a moment here, uh, what was everyone's most terrifying creature in the games? Cause for me being chased down and hunted by rad scorpions in new Vegas, it always just rubbed me the wrong way. Like that seemed like the worst way to get uh, finished off if you were actually dealing with that.
1: Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up by going down the list and we'll just have everyone just kind of real quick name name their most, what's the question? Most terrifying creature? Uh, yeah, I guess that works. Okay. Yeah, Aperture?
2: I once accidentally aggroed an unkillable iBot and it took me around Boston for
9: three hours.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that would be very scary. <laughs> okay, uh, Captain?
9: I would have to go with Stripe. And uh, in Big Mountain, because I've. Little tiny been, Death Claw. Yeah, I was stuck in a save where I was just pretty much just meeting him and it auto saved, and I had no ammo, no nothing, and it probably took me so many tries to just like get run away. <laughs>
4: so <laughs> quick. Magnus? Unmodded, I'd have to say. Yeah, vanilla. I like- hunters, they are annoying. Because I play Sneaky Sniper, and when one burrows up behind you, doesn't work
5: out very well very true Inumer? yeah i'm gonna go with something recent which is um the ticks in um oh yeah the ticks, they freak me out they're so spider-like and oh, i mean they but are you know arachnous. they're ticks oh yeah. and they're like full of blood and oh yeah when they hit you and you see them fill up with your blood and the little tick 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 noise they make as they're Running up to you, and they're hard to see too. So, like, you don't see them till they're right up on you. And I'm always farming them too because I'm trying to get tick blood to make some stim packs. And every single time I see one, I get goosebumps all over and a chill up my spine every time. And (laughs) I see all the time.
1: Have you noticed that sometimes their the uh, coloration on their backs looks like a face, like a death claw face? I don't know. That's just kind of what yeah, it says like to me.
5: No, no. There's also the there's a variant. I forget what it's called. It's like the, the master one of the group, like and it looks like almost skeletal and how uh-huh. it looks, it almost looks like it has a skull on its back and that thing's even freakier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to go to woman on fire and child on fire. You guys both can chime in if you want.
0: I gotta go with the death clause mostly because the ground will shake and there's this horrible moment of oh my god, where is it? you
1: know <laughs> yeah yeah the t-rex <laughs> moment from jurassic yes. park of like yeah. uh, uh
7: from yeah. what i saw i think centaur
1: centaurs because they're super creepy and weird yeah that's a good one They
7: got really weird stuff but that's that's gone up <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool soybean
8: you got one
6: hello sorry uh I was finishing the picture and my computer does this thing when I'm saving an image that it sounds like a rocket taking off. Oh. So um, I'd say my least favorite is also along the Mirelurk and I hate Mirelurk queens and hunters because I'm just sitting there stabbing myself with stim packs, trying to get past the acid damage, <laughs> right and trying to whack at it because at least in seventy six I'm a melee character, as is most people. <laughs> and um it's just a rough go of it,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 they can be tricky. um I'm gonna say uh, that one bridge that I was walking over in Fallout three where I'd clipped through the bridge and then fell through the ground into. The abyss of nothingness. That was pretty scary. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, ah, man, I feel like it, it's been a long conversation, but I also feel like, man, we're at the end. Huh. How did that happen? Uh, oh, there's the drawing. Soybean is sharing the drawing in the chat of a Meyer cat. Very cool.
0: <laughs> I have to give you a minute so that uh, my kiddo can fawn cute
1: <laughs> oh my gosh it's a very oh cute Meyercat.
8: i love it
1: <laughs> very very cool yeah i'm gonna share this on twitter so guys look look for these on twitter and thank you everybody for for well first of all thank you for your support Uh, as patrons. I really do appreciate it. You guys help keep me going and help fund my ability to do this because now a significant portion of my livelihood is based around being able to do podcasts. So I really do appreciate your support. And um, I'd love to chat with you guys again next month. Uh, We got to come up with a fun new topic for next month. I don't know if anybody has any off the top of their head they want to just throw out there because sometimes that ends up being the topic. Aperture, did you have one?
2: Uh, I couldn't say, but we got to remember to do the uh, the uh, goodbyes uh, before yes. we cut out this.
1: Yes, <laughs> we will. I'll remember to do that. Thank you for the reminder. Captain, did you have one? Have an idea?
9: I don't know. Next episode could be a little bit of a joke session and be about our favorite bugs and glitches.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah that's a fun idea.
4: We a lot. also yeah. do like favorite quest or DLC.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good idea too. All right. Well, here we'll, we'll debate it in the uh, patron chat. And if you would like to join us next month, then sign up um, after the end of the month. So uh, there's 29 days in this February this year and sign up. N- actually, I mean, if you accidentally sign up too early, it's not like I'm not going to let you join us, but it just becomes more of a difficult thing to have to manage. Cause you're like, okay, who signed up? And How did that work? But if you join us for March before the end of the month as a tier four or higher patron, then you can join us at the end of the month and jump in the chat with us. And if you sign up as any other level, then you get things like no advertisements and all the all the other fun stuff. Get to join the different Discord channels. So thank you to everybody for joining me. Let's go down the list, and you guys can tell our listeners how to get a hold of you or how to reach out to you. So Aperture, start us off.
2: Well, you can you can always find me at. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, on the Discord at Aperture_Flash. If you have a CB radio and I'm in your area, you feel free to hop on channel 19, and I'd be happy to break with you in a while. Or if uh, you find yourself stranded in the middle of the night, your car broken down, lost, scream out in anguish, and after the headlights. I also need to make a shout out to a few people: UU, uh Simply Smitty, and and I Azuth uh, music. Uh, they all reached out to me, and I wanted to say hi. So, cool. Great ch- chatting with you.
8: Yeah. Hi everybody. Yeah. Awesome. True dog. Uh,
10: well, as always, thank you, Ped, for um, giving me the opportunity to do this. You are the greatest. Um, my handle on Instagram is oakenpaw__ranch. underscore Ranch. I got that wrong like two episodes ago, so I wanted to clear that up. And whoever
1: they've been reaching out to since that episode. Sorry. Really
10: mad at me about that. (laughs) Don't find me there. It's not what I said before.
1: (laughs) Cool. All right, Captain.
10: Yeah.
9: So um, you can find me on Instagram um, as my former, um, (laughs) the dark name, S-H-I-M-A-T-T-T-I-O-T, you know. Um, I'm involved with a lot of, uh, radio stuff here in Montana, college radio and, uh, skateboarding, filming and photography. So if that's your thing and otherwise you're on the discord, we're out here gaming
4: it up. So that's where we are.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Magnus.
4: Yeah. I kind of just have discord, but I'm on here almost all the time. So just hit me up for message or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Discord is just a general good way to get hold of anybody on here. For sure. Uh, Nunimer? Yeah, I was
5: going to shout out the Discord as well. Um, Anyone who enjoys this podcast, definitely join this community. Tom has built a wonderful community on this Discord. So um, it's a great place to reach any of us or make lots of friends on this great community. So uh, you can find me on here and I'm also on Twitter. Nunimer is a weird name. So it's N E U N O M E R. Say it however you want, but that's how it's spelled. mirror <laughs> Like that. Awesome. Uh, soybean?
6: Hello. Uh, I am at soybean The pretty much everywhere. If you want to see my art kind of stuff, that's usually on uh, FA or Weasel, um, which also has links at my Twitter. And yeah.
1: And yeah, cool. And um, can we share your, your image with everybody? Is that cool?
6: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: really? All right, cool. Um, yes, yeah, so we'd be looking for that on the, on the Twitter. And then uh, woman on fire plus child on fire.
0: So um, I'm usually hanging out in uh, Discord and I'm pulling away on Twitter. And over there, I'm at FireWriter, F-Y-R-E, Writer.
8: Very cool. You all
0: right share one of yours
1: i'm sorry i think you, you dropped out for a second say that again oh
0: sorry uh, i was asking him if he wanted to share one of his oh
1: gotcha so okay. they can probably <laughs> they can probably go, f- go through you if, if, if they want to say yeah. hey yeah, good ideas think kid things, think yeah that's probably the best thing uh,
7: share.
1: keep the kids safe you know So awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. And thanks for calling out the Discord, the Robots Radio Discord link is in the show notes. So if you want to jump in there and chat with any of us about any of these things, you're more than welcome to. Um, We've got over, what, 700 and something people now. It just it just keeps growing. And uh, you know what I love to see, especially with Wastelanders coming out and the Fallout community at large is more um, connecting and playing that game together as people kind of come back to it, because I know a lot of people have kind of fallen away waiting for the big release. So I think that'd be a lot of fun to have some community events. And even if I'm not running them for you guys to feel free to just say, Hey, I'm hopping online, you know, on PC or PS4 or whatever tonight at this time, I'd love to group up with some people and do some content. Um, It's always more fun with friends. So that would be super fun. So thank you for everybody for joining me. And I'm super excited. This will come out. I'm sure if you're listening to this right now you'd be like well duh it's already out but so for the people in in the chat right now this will this will be out Tuesday night which means Within uh, two days, three days of that, I will be up in the Boston area and talking with some people up there. So um, the other thing I wanted to note, if you're still listening, is send me some questions. I'm going to do what I can to get some interviews with some people at Bethesda, some other content creators, people that I run into up at the uh, Bethesda Game Days event uh, and PAX East. If I can get into PAX East, the tickets are all sold out, but I'm trying to get in there as well. So if you have questions about... Fallout, about Wastelanders, about any of that stuff, I'd love to come armed with some of the things that you guys want to know so I can get some questions answered if at all possible. So feel free to let me know about that. And there's also a channel called the Boston Meetup in our Discord. So if you're going to be up there, if if you're not going to be up there, type the questions in Boston meetup. If you are going to be up there, then we can use that cha- that channel to get together. So if I'm going out to eat or we're having like kind of a meetup at the bar or whatever, we can say, hey, this is where we are. Come hang out with us. So go check that out. So thanks again, everybody. And I will let you guys go and have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast.